It's episode 305 of the Platformers, a show about games and nerd culture, and I, once again, returning from the dead, am your host, Brian Barnett. I am Space Cadets Chris Cornelise, a.k.a. Delphia. I'm Lucas White, and I just noticed while we were talking, there's just empty cardboard space in my frame here. It's fine. Nice. It's beautiful. It's, yeah. It really well, brings I the just, room together. I've got so much it's, it's, junk on my desk, so I just thought I'd just do, like, this whole number right here. It's thematically hey, appropriate. Hey, oh, there we go. you've missed missed opportunity to say, hey, everybody, I know that you're a little bit worried about this cardboard. It's a Nintendo Labo. Don't worry about it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. I, feel, I completely forgot that thing existed, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I'm back. You couldn't keep me down for long. Uh, but... And you know what? I haven't even, I've been meaning to listen to the episode from last week, but I've been so busy. I haven't done it because I've been watching all this LCQ stuff for Capcom Cup since spoilers for the end of this, uh, of this episode. When we do our plug section, I'm going to be covering Capcom Cup, dear listener, and you're going to have some cool stuff to see from me, uh, in the next week or so, which should be Uh, sick as hell, but, uh, (laughs) Siggy Liam says, I'm chugging hot drinks and hating life in Horfrost Reach, Sigilian. Wait, wait. So is that a region? That Horfrost is Horfrost Reach, comma Sigilium, or Sigalium, <laughs> or uh, Sigil. I am. Which uh, ever since However I you started listening, it, yeah. Ever since I started listening to the Black Eyed Peas, I just assume that everybody who spells their name in that way is just like Will I am, you know, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, no, oh, that is a, that okay. is a reference to Monster Hunter World, so. Gotcha, yeah, yeah, yeah. Horfrost Reach. That does sound I will say that sounds like a part of Ice Crown if you're if you're a World of Warcraft fan. Yeah, I could imagine that being like a subzone in that or you know, part of the raid or something like that. Yeah. Horfrost is definitely like one of the Death Knight abilities. Oh, it's certainly uh, there's certainly a talent named after. In fact I'm gonna go check. Yeah. I have to know. <laughs> yeah, Hor- Horfrost something. I feel like Horfrost is like one of those where you get like stacks that that go up on people, or that might be rhyme. Shit. Rhyme is the uh, in, is when you uh, proc an instant howling blast. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I haven't played to... a Frost Death Knight in years, and I still remember that. Yeah. Now Horfrost yeah. Stomp is an ability in Elden Ring, but uh, I don't know about anything for Death Knights in WoW. So an, an ability that was godlike, like absolutely mm-hmm, top mm-hmm. tier, until they just nerfed it into the dirt, until it just wasn't very useful anymore at all man what a bummer what a bummer i always love it when they get when games give you like absolutely just busted abilities and just like let you clown on people like yeah, I get that it like, was easy it was really easy to get to you could just ride right to it and then just trivialize anybody but like that's true of a lot of Elden ring once you know where things are you can just you know zip around grab specific things that you need for setting up your builds and then just go to town like most builds of mine will still just be like, you know, rush a blood weapon, go to the dragon, beat it up with blood procs, and then uh, you know, start level things. Nuggies. Some plant-based nuggies. Oh, hell yeah. Delish. That's the good stuff. Mm. Yeah, for me, Elden Ring was put blood bleed on great sword and then just hit the button <laughs> for the whole game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It worked out great. That was a mage build, although... My most recent attempt at a playthrough was more going spears and um, want to get all the dragon abilities, the faith dragon stuff. Oh my god. Because that seemed like it'd be a lot of fun, but uh, I never got around to uh, continuing that build, so I should go back. I should go back and do that. It's really good. Doing, like, Rot Roar 
uh, is like just mm-hmm. ridiculous. Like that's how I beat. Um, I think that's how I beat Radon. The first time, mm-hmm. man, people don't understand. People really do not understand how hard Radon was. I beat him. I beat him in. Um, yeah, I beat him pre-nerf. So the, I, I was at it for a while before I got a good run to do it. So yeah, he was tough. Like, people are like, uh, that was, yeah. yeah. Him pre-release when when I was playing a wizard who did who hadn't leveled their health at all. Like you're just you're toast. Anytime anything he clips you with, you're dead. It was super brutal. Uh, and then, meanwhile, I get to Melania and I one-shot her. Like, I literally, I've only fought Melania once and I beat her. So, like, the whole meme about people, like, let me solo her. Let it Brian was like, solo her, yeah. Yeah, let, let me solo her literally the first try. But I think nice. that was because I was doing, I was doing a, um, oh, God, what is that? So, I, I did, um, I did, arc, uh, not Arcane Dex, uh, I did uh, Dex Int is my build. So I cast spells and use, and like dual wield fast weapons. So I was doing whatever it was, the, um, what was the sorcerer's katana? Um, it was, I, I, it had the two different special slices. One of them was horizontal. And one of them was vertical. Yeah. I can't, like remember, the the, I can't remember the name of it, but I, I do remember. Nerd it's really, sword. really good. <laughs> it's really, really good. But, um, so I used that in my main cut. hand. And then in my offhand, I had a like a bleed katana, so I was mm, dual wielding like real good. Int scale. I mean, this was before I bleed wasn't like bust. I forget. Did it start and bleed was busted, or did it get? I feel like it got patched and then bleed was busted, and then they patched it and it was not nearly as good. Because I had it in like pre-release and one and I feel like bleed was like not working properly. So it like really wasn't good, but some enemies like uh, Millennia still had a weakness to it. So it was like, it was still great for them, but it like wasn't procking properly or something. No, it was probably something I, with it. I, yeah, I can't remember. And then unfortunately. they, I, I wasn't, and then they, yeah. And then they <laughs> fixed it and then it was like the thing to do. Cause like, yeah. Cause in, in 1.0, it was Horfrost stomp. That was the thing and bleed wasn't proking properly. Or like bleed resistances weren't or weaknesses weren't being calculated properly. And then they fixed it not being calculated properly. And then bleed was like easily the best thing in the game. And then they fixed that. So it's yeah, man, we were on a roller coaster, but Elden Ring, right. what a great game. Excellent game. Do want to go back and actually properly finish it. Cause I didn't finish it. I got close. I put like over a hundred hours into the first run and i know people who you know finished it in half that but i'm just like no i'm being thorough i'm checking this place out doing all that and then got to write about the fire giant and then stopped because i just because that's about the time i got covid so then i was just kind mm. of out of it for like a week and a half and then just lost my momentum so mm. never really uh went back properly after that but uh i have been meaning to maybe before the dlc comes out you can you can so jump you- in when the new mobile version hits is that really a thing? I I know they want to, or like Tencent's trying to make it happen or something. I yeah. I thought that was just a knockoff. Is that no, real? Tencent apparently is doing it. Um I don't I don't know the extent of it. I know there's been a lot of weird Elden Ring news lately. Between Tencent messing around and then like uh Prumsoft getting like full rights to the IP or whatever. 
Yeah, longer. they got the rights back off yeah. uh, Bandai Namco, so that's neat. Which, which is, is crazy. Um, that's weird. Yeah, I would never have expected because they don't seem to chase. They don't seem to have chased the rights to their other stuff at all. I so I feel like part of it must be that Bandai is like not in a super great financial position right now. Um, could be something like that. So it could be mm-hmm. from being like, all right, this is like maybe our most successful game so far. We really would like to own this. Bandai's in a position where they might be more amenable to taking some cash and giving up uh, control over that. Let's try it. And then it worked, maybe? Yeah, and there might have been some behind-the-scenes drama as to why it's taken a while for the DLC. Yeah, because the typical release cycle for, like, Souls-like DLC is not as long as it's been. Because it's been yeah. it's coming up on two years since release, I think. Um, so that, that and that's not. I don't remember you know, how long it took to that's do. That's all uh, unreasonable, but still. Yeah, I know that it it took. Um, the Ringed City took a while, but I feel like the Dark Souls two DLCs didn't follow that much. After the yeah, game. I don't think I don't think uh, it or Bloodborne you know took that long before they got theirs. So yeah. I don't know. It's not like they haven't been busy. They did release Armored Core 6, which still slaps, and I still need to get back to as well. But, um... Yeah. Yeah. Man, if they if they can release... If Shadow of the Erd Tree is to Elden Ring as, uh... God, what what was it? The Old Hunters DLC is to Bloodborne? We're gonna be sitting extremely pretty. Because yeah. I, I... As much as the Ringed City was, like, a real mixed bag for me... Um, the Bloodborne DLC is just straight up some of the best content that's in that game completely. Like. Yeah, they definitely refined their stuff. Like, I, I, that's another one I need to go back and actually tackle myself because I cleared, you know, base game and was like, this is awesome. I want to play this again. I'll come back to do the DLC another time and then haven't got around to it. But yeah, all the, f- all the boss fights in that DLC I've seen and looked at and gone, these are awesome. So yeah, yeah. Dang, Sigil IM is just going and getting the tech. Hold on, we got I got a novel to read you guys. Okay, okay, hit me. Uh, if it's anything like Warframe, Bleed deals damage that ignores resistances and armor as true damage, and its damage stacks without regard to that, so if you can proc a ridiculous amount or do a massive amount, it'll transfer that into the damage over time and practically kill anything. So there is a bit of that that is true about Elden Ring, um, and that's why when you uh, get up enough to bleed an enemy particularly that's weak to it it will just like chop their health bar like in half or something yeah, yeah. it's like you build the status when it hits 100 percent, it takes a massive chunk of their max hp sort of like frenzy and bloodborne so yeah looking into elden ring hemorrhage bleed hemorrhage or bleed deals damage equal to health percentage and scales multiplicatively with arcane mm. deals about 15 percent of normal max hp with a 100 to 200 damage bonus based on the weapon. Bosses take 10.5%. There are no cooldowns or limits to prevent repeated procs and triggers, which is why uh, you want to have... Uh, one of the, the builds that was really great for a while was playing with the Rivers of Blood in your main hand, uh, which has a great special ability that has a chance to proc bleed because it hits so frequently, um, and then having like a bleed katana in your offhand. Uh, because then you're double swinging which 
gives you two uh, hits, which deals into your procs and stuff like that. So it builds up the bleed gauge, and then as soon as the bleed or hemorrhage gauge is full, it triggers that big hit. Uh, and then you can just keep going, because typically when you hit them with that big hit, it'll stagger the boss, which gives you more openings to keep going. And, and because you just keep uh, on racking up the bleeds and the procs and so on and so forth. One of the reasons that works so well on Melania is Melania is a hyper offensive boss, but she actually has a really low stagger counter. Um, so she is actually pretty easy to interrupt if you get going. So I played, I like I went in and and um, I ha at that point when I was at this point because I was I was writing guides for IGN for this game. Um, I hadn't heard that much. There were like a couple of people who had who had fought her already, and were like, "Man, just wait till you get to her." But I hear that all the time in Souls games, so I wasn't that worried um, because like the Nameless King is still like just brutal. Uh, but I went in and was just like hyper aggressive. I'm dual wielding, so and I don't have a shield, so I'm automatically leaning into a more aggressive playstyle anyway. And then I just I didn't wait so she i think she only did like her waterfowl dance like maybe once or twice and i just dodged it all and then went back in and just like obliterated her so it was it was over very quickly she was she spent almost no time in her second phase because she was just dead um and that that really is the way to fight her is just to be really aggressive out aggress um, the just, aggressor yeah yeah just be just be more aggressive rely on her weaknesses and stuff like that i mean there's even ways that you can um if you pull out like the shield guys, like the little, the little, they're a really shitty summon normally, but um, they can just get there because her her stagger resistance is so low. They'll just get up to her and just like bash her with the shield, and she's just like uh uh uh, and then you can just like wail on her until she dies. Yeah, because you so, summon a whole bunch of them, so that just chains the stagger, yeah. and it's like, yep, cool. Yeah, incredible. So there are ways to cheese her, but even if you fight her straight up, like if you're super aggressive, like she's not that big a deal. Hmm. She can't kill your waterfowl dance if you just kill her before she does it. There you go. Mm -hmm. To your point earlier, um, I would have to assume that it was some kind of drama, just because like the the idea of there being financial trouble at Bondi is just like unthinkable. Um, yeah, they have so many like big games that uh, have uh, long tails. It's my understanding with Bondi specifically is like the video game stuff is basically like their funny money. Because they have more money than God from like model kits and, and Gundam, else, and yeah. yeah. So from everything else they do, the video game stuff is like for a long time. Apparently, they just didn't like a lot of the top press just didn't care, uh, which I think is why you had like a lot of Tales games just not getting localized and stuff like that. Hmm. Um, and yeah, it that was, was a weird like, time. Yeah, it it was basically like Japanese people swapping over to mobile games that kind of forced their hand to localizing things but maybe it was just like yeah we don't really care you just do your dlc or whatever and they're like fine mm -hmm. we'll, but that's conjecture too but, but yeah must have been drama yeah. that sounds like drama <laughs> yeah i i don't i don't remember where i heard that they might be having financial troubles but uh i do i if that is the case that makes the most sense to me where it's just like or, or, yeah, or you could be right where it's just, like, they're a big enough company that they're like, yeah, whatever. You know, that's fine. Whatever. Yeah. But that doesn't, that's not meaningfully going to impact us. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's a different story like, if, you know, Gundam tries to walk and then they're like, oh, hold Wait a second. Yeah. It's like a less um, severe version of, like, EA with FIFA, where it's just like, we make the best game around and people are going to buy it regardless, so we don't really need to license your name. We can just make all of the money ourselves and just do, you know, EA Football Club or whatever, and, like, we'll be fine. Like, just whatever. You wanna yeah. you wanna negotiate up? Nah, kind of screw you, you know. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It is interesting to think about, but for sure. But this is a game uh, podcast, not just an industry happenstance podcast, not just an Elden Ring podcast. Although I would do that. Don't you fucking dare me! <laughs> don't you dare me! Because I have the platinum trophy in Elden Ooh. Ring on PlayStation Five and. I almost have it on PC as well, and I almost have 100% completion with every item in the game. I quit my streaming series, and I'm sorry for those of you who are really invested in that, because that's where the whole, uh, it's not its not popular enough to be a meme, but that's where the whole, like, you kids want some free damage thing comes from, you know. Mm. Anyways, I have that's, always that's, wondered about the origin of that phrase, because, yeah. I was, I was fine. Yeah. There's, there is a clip on my Twitch channel, which you can look at. If you're watching this right now, you're watching on my Twitch channel, but you can see, uh, some stuff that got clipped out. One is, uh, you kids want some free damage, uh, where I was fighting a, I was fighting a giant and I, he like the giant like bent over cause I hit him really hard and I was like, Oh, <laughs> nice. Some free damage. And, uh, and then he started breathing fire on the ground that knocked me over. I was like, not free damage, not free damage. <laughs> and uh, and then there was one time when I was trying to have a conversation. There's another another really funny clip on there where one of the uh, mannequin, uh, the animated mannequins that has like twin rapid fire crossbows. I'm like trying to talk to my magic teacher and he just lights me up. And by the end of it, I, I'm like naked. I think I'm doing, I think I was doing like the let me solo her like, cosplay or something during this conversation or whatever and so i i walk out of there and i look like a pin cushion like i've just got arrows sticking out every side of me and i you know i'm just trying to have a conversation here people but yeah head over head over to uh twitch.tv slash r-i-b-n-a-x uh to see some of those fun clips from my streams of elden ring and you can head over to youtube.com slash at Ribnax, if you want to see the whole uh, VOD collection of me playing through Elden Ring, the journey to 100%. Oh, you can yeah. also see some stuff about me. Uh, I played through the entirety of uh, Dark Souls 3 uh, as a wizard. And I think, I don't remember if I was only using sorcery and like didn't use melee attacks or something like that. I must have used melee attacks at some point. Yeah, I feel like it would be tricky to not, but... yeah. It wasn't strictly a challenge run, man. I kind of wish that I'd that I had recorded my my challenge run where I was doing Dark Souls three at Souls level one, uh, because I did that and it was That's really freaking yeah. hard. That yeah, that was definitely a challenge run. But yeah, I did that, but I don't I don't think I recorded that. That was fun though. But anyways, we're here to talk about not more than just from software and Bandai Namco and. Souls games. Let's talk about let's talk about some other stuff. We, let's talk we about got this weekend games, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. So I've got I've got a couple of things I want to talk about. I feel like we can all really talk about um Helldivers. Uh I've played 
so much of that. I don't really want to get too into the nitty gritty uh, about that just because I feel like it, it hasn't been talked to death, but like I've just been doing so much of it that I'm, I'm just, I feel like all you really need to do is give somebody the elevator pitch and just tell them how good it is. And that's kind of it. I, I don't feel like it really, you know, it's not like some deep treatise on like the human condition or something like that, but yeah, it's, oh, it's yeah, straight yeah. up what it is. It's just, you know, it's kill bugs, kill robots. Starship troopers. Yeah. yeah. For super earth. But, um, yeah. Sigal IM says, I'm doing my part. Thumbs up at the camera. <laughs> I'm doing my part. <laughs> I'm doing my part. Doing my part. I didn't I do was. fucking I, shit. I kind of fell off. <laughs> Have you guys seen that? That's one of my favorite <laughs> things to come out of this. It's just like they Which got one? the Starship Troopers like, I'm doing my part. I'm doing my part. I didn't do fucking shit. <laughs> and it's the guy, for, it's it's Tim Robinson from I Think You Should Leave. Oh, Amazing. It's really just remarkable. Uh, but anyways, let's talk about like 22 minutes into the show. Let's talk about Helldivers just a tiny bit. I will um, step in and say, if you want to hear more in-depth, you know, in the weeds, nitty-gritty stuff, uh, Will and Lucas talked my ear off about it last episode, and it was great, and I was immediately sold on the elevator pitch, and joined in as i threatened to on that very stream immediately after so um oh, yeah. yeah i've been playing it since then and it's been good times i've dived with some of our you know mutual friends and a little bit with you as well brian and yeah it's been a great time i'm happy to do more of it uh it's just a solid enjoyable co-op experience a lot of fun a lot of chaos really solid you've probably all heard about it and you may have heard about how difficult it was to play this weekend but that was the yeah. big thing yeah, I didn't even the, bother uh, trying. I, I, I like saw neither. the headlines. I was just like, I'll, I'll focus my energy elsewhere. <laughs> I've been, uh, I've been working on it. Um, so like, if if you want to see, thank, I mean, thankfully, like, I bought this game just because I wanted to play it. But thankfully, uh, I am in a position where I can, I know people in the industry, and I can be like, hey, like, I have this. And I like know what I'm doing in it. Like if you need any assistance with coverage. So I was able to write up a best stratagems guide for GameSpot. So you can go over there and check that out. Um, I've also got guides on where to find and how to kill uh, bile spewers and devastators. Um, I don't know if it's still up. I imagine it probably is. But the personal order for today uh, was killing 15 devastators. Um so you can head over there and get like a full guide on like where you can find them, how you can take them out, all that sort of stuff. I'll tell you right now, because you're here, uh, shoot them in the waist or shoot them in the face. Those are both weak points that they have. Use a breaker. If you have it, if you've unlocked that, I think that's like on page four or five of the, it's on page four. Uh, and if you don't have the breaker, uh, rush the breaker because it's the yeah, best rush. Yeah, the breaker is the best primary weapon in the game, I think, pretty easily. It's an automatic shotgun. It deals more damage than the uh, marksman rifle, uh, and it shoots fat way faster. Um, and it also wow. works on both bugs and automatons. So it really is just kind of the best all-around thing. The only problem with it is um, it doesn't like you. Ha it only has sixteen shots before you have to reload. Um, but 
uh, you can carry the machine pistol as your sidearm to kind of cover for that. And that helps a lot. Um, so I recommend taking the breaker if you've got it. If you don't have the breaker, the marksman uh, rifle in your main hand and then the machine pistol in your offhand is probably the next best thing that you can do. Um, and then uh, go do the defend missions on uh, Malvalon Creek or the other planets in the Automaton campaign. Um, do it on easy or higher. You can run into them on trivial, but I did the first one that I did this morning on trivial. There were none that showed up. So I, but as soon as I went to, to easy, I killed nine. So then I just had to do another one. So I recommend doing that. Bring in some sentries. I had the Gatling sentry, the machine gun sentry and the mortar sentry and a uh, guard dog Rover on my back. Good. Yeah. I put them up on high to on high, like ledges and stuff. And it was really easy to clear out that mission even by myself. So um, I highly recommend that you do that uh, and net yourself a cool 15 medals for basically no effort, you know, once you know what you're doing. But don't do it for the medals. Do it for the good of Super Earth. It's true. It's true. We really do need to spread freedom and we need all of us to do our part. Uh, but yeah, I, I, think that the, I think that the earworms that this game has introduced... Uh, have been just worth their weight in gold. Just ba 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 bomb, ba ba. Lots of heroic, swelling yeah. orchestral tunes. God, real good when, stuff. When we were playing that mission, Brian, and we had the the flag thing for the first time. <laughs> that thing just comes from from the sky, and the speaker kicks in. I just, yeah. I was dying. <laughs> it's <laughs> it was so, so great. funny. It's really good. <laughs> I was gonna say, man, Brian, you you uh, I thought you took to the game pretty quickly, and then suddenly now you're like a walking Helldivers wiki. That was very <laughs> fast. Yeah, yeah, I'm like level. I think I'm like level fourteen now. Jesus. Something like that. So yeah, yeah, I I got it late. Like other people had gone into it, but like I've just I've been playing a bunch. You know, I I uh, you know I revived that that Discord. Um, Cause I had some people that I've, that I've known for ages who hit me up who are not part of the games industry. And we're just like, Hey man, you want to play? And I'm like, sure. Let me like revive this old fighting game discord that I had. And just, just like cross section invite... all the friends into this one place and go, we dive. Let's go. Yeah, we dive. And uh, it's been fantastic. Like uh, the, really the only um, I, I ran into a few, a few bugs, but I mean, honestly, um, you killed them? this yes, is, you do. The, yeah, of course, absolutely. It must be done for managed democracy. Uh, but, uh, even, even with, uh, the like bugs and weird things where like we got stuck in a, in a diving loading screen. And then one of the people in our party had to leave for us to actually get to the planet. And then he had to like restart his game and join back in and all that sort of stuff. So like that, that stuff sucks. But, um, Honestly, like a it's... lot of that is probably just due to server issues at this point because everyone is trying to play. They're trying to cram, you know, half a million people in there at yeah, all times. It, it's like they, they, all right, they did not expect this. No one level expected of this. No one yeah. expected this. Yeah, it's it's absurd. And it's it's like it. I would say if you're looking for a comparison, like I think the closest comparison to like how everywhere this is and how fun and satisfying and crazy and chaotic it is, is like, it's like left for dead. 
Like, this is what it's like for me, where it's just like everywhere I go, somebody's like, hey, man, what are you doing? Are you playing Helldivers? You know, the only difference is, is that, like, we can't do four-player split-screen or something like that, you know. Uh, yeah, it does, yeah, it does kind of tick all those boxes, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, I feel like this is just kind of segued naturally over from the Lethal Company discourse that happened, you know, at the start of the year, end of last year. Yeah. Just that was the, you know, the four-player co-op shenanigans game that people were talking about. And I noticed that pretty much instantly a lot of the memes from that game have quickly found their way over to here. Like the, uh, just the, you know, the shell shock Vietnam guy is just instantly <laughs> the yeah. face of the robot campaign in, in, uh, hell divers. So yep. All right, cool. So that's, there's probably a lot of overlap in that, but, uh, no right place, right time to just really get everybody on board and yeah, more power to it. It's really fun. Uh, I'm so grateful great... for this game for just pushing Pell World like right off the face of the Yeah, world. yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm so happy about that. Operation yeah. Super Off uh, destroyed the uh, Pell World menace. Absolutely. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And one of the great one of the greatest things about this is that this is a game and a lot of, a lot has been written about this on social media and stuff, but this is a forty dollar game. It's available on PS five, it's available on PC, uh you can play it cross play. And it does have a premium battle pass called the, called the, uh, I think it's called like the premium war bond or something like that, yeah. mm -hmm. but you can find premium currency in the game. So even As though part it of is the free $10, war bond, you can end up buying yeah. it pretty quickly just without spending a cent. And while there are, you know, microtransactions and stuff, and we do need to call that out. It's like, yeah, okay. That's not good. Really yeah. shouldn't be in there. But anything else about it is pretty solid and, I get it, right? You got to make a buck here and there, but like, I'm pretty sure they're making it on box sales. Just saying. So yeah, and and also like, one of my biggest gripes with, like, I I I understand, and I'm more okay. I I don't think it helps. You know, Chris, you make a point often that what does this add? What does this help? Does it actually make anything better? And I don't think that's ever true. I agree with you there. However, I will say if it's if we're if we're getting into the what's the offense, I feel like if you can do everything in game and it's not like egregious, then I feel way more like okay about it. And uh, yeah, I throw the complaint out there more as the sake of um, just yes. having it out there and being thorough yeah. in the analysis. It is yep. an extremely minor complaint, and compared to pretty much every other game in its class, inoffensive. Yeah. The fact that you can... I, I feel like the fact that you can go into this game... Like, I've already earned, I want to say, two-thirds of the premium currency I need to buy the to buy the premium battle pass just by playing the game. Uh, yeah, you can find it in the missions. You get, you know, it is an option to pick up on the regular battle pass, which is mm -hmm. the main source of progression in your game and what you unlock your weapons and armor and such through. So it's meant to be there. It's meant to be grabbed. So it's good that they have yeah. that. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's, an, it's totally doable to play with just the box price and get everything as it should be. But um, yeah. Yeah, and, and I... And you I still think... won't be able to like rush and get, you know, pay to win or anything. And you don't even necessarily need it because I was uh, I ended up diving with um, some of the people in the uh, in the Discord, and like 
I was at the time like level four. I had only played a few games. I could only queue up for medium games myself, and they dragged me into extreme, six difficulty out of nine. And I'm just there going, <laughs> screaming, and yet still, you know, doing respectable amounts of kills, getting objectives done. It's like, it's totally doable just with yeah. basic loadout once you know what you're doing. So, yeah. We ended the extreme session with me unlocking the ability to access hard missions. I'm just staring at that like, okay, <laughs> sure game. Yeah. Wild. It's like there there are modifiers, I guess, with like armor, and then you get weapons that have slightly different properties, but that's it. Yeah. Like, also, yeah. Uh, public service announcement. One of my favorite don't weapons. Don't have stats. Yeah. Like. Yeah. It public is public service announcement. It it seems like right now the the uh, defensive modifier for the different types of damage or for the different types of armor are not calculating properly. So unless your armor has a specific perk on it, like I unlocked one through the free battle pass where it gives me a 50% chance to not die when I take otherwise lethal damage. Mm -hmm. Uh, So sometimes when I'm going on a really high difficulty uh, mission, I will sometimes wear that instead of my standard like light armor that I use that makes me look like a uh, biker scout from Return of the Jedi. Um, But otherwise I'm using light armor because it gives me really high speed and really high uh stamina recovery and because basically everything seemingly everything right now registers as regular armor so when that gets fixed later then maybe heavy armor will feel more resilient but um i did some testing when i was fighting uh bile spewers and i realized that if you if you don't side strafe that uh ability it one shots you no matter what type of armor you have on um so I was like, oh, okay, so it doesn't make a difference, so I might as well be fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I feel like with heavy armor, I was definitely dying a lot less, but maybe I think the heavy armor you get first has also like extra explosion defense or something. So maybe that's yeah, what it I was. It yeah, there's like fifty percent yeah. Fifty percent explosion resist and stuff like that. There's also <laughs> turns out like, you get hit by explosions a lot. <laughs> so you really do. <laughs> you really do. <laughs> One of the great things about my light armor, though, uh, which I got... Actually, I probably would have been able to buy the premium battle pass already, but I think I spent like between 300 and 400 uh, super credits on this armor set that I have, which is a light armor set. It's got like 544 speed. Um, it's got like 59 or 57 defense, which is like not good, and I'm not Manageable. looking forward to when that... Uh, <laughs> when the math like, to when that in, gets fixed yep so when that gets fixed i'm not looking forward to that but i'm very fast and uh when i crouch i get extra recoil um reduction which mm. is really great mm. um and then it also makes me 50 percent resistant to explosions so i'm getting that same benefit on light armor so uh i i'm i'm really i'm burning the candle at both ends and i'm really hoping that they don't fix that so soon but at the same time Having like triple the armor on some of these heavy armor sets, I imagine would be really good, particularly on some of these like Bile Titan runs and, you know, basically anything, you know, the escort or rescue missions in the Automaton campaign and stuff. But man, I we really can't wait to see. might be able to survive a hit from a rocket now. We should. Yeah. I want that to uh, keep I, on I, shutting us. That's hilarious. I really can't wait to see what uh, Arrowhead is able to do with this because, you know, some people have been floating the idea of like, 
oh, you could do a lot of tie-in stuff. This could be like PlayStation's version of that where it's like, okay, maybe we have, and I, I was just kind of spitballing and I'm like, okay, we can have a campaign where we fight the Hellgast. Uh, we can mm. have a campaign where we fight like robot dinosaurs. We have a campaign where we fight like little fungus zombies and stuff, you know, like you could do any of those things really, you know, but uh, needs, I still want needs them to an exoprimal too... crossover. Dinosaurs. There we go. Just Full regular dinosaurs. dinosaurs. Yeah. That'd be sick. Siggy Lima in the chat says, please all caps. I need more <laughs> kill zone. Hell gas. Yeah. We, Hey, you know what would, you know, what would be a great, a great uh, faction to oppose us, the space fascists, more space fascists. There you go. Yeah, makes sense. It's like World War II, but Germany versus Germany. Wouldn't that be great? Sil- yeah, we just yell at each other. Silence liberal, says the fascist to the other fascist. <laughs> yeah. But that'd be really fun. But anyways, all that to say, it's, a, it's an inexpensive game. It's really popping off. It is super fun. The comedy is like top tier. If you go to, and I know this is very specific, if you go to the IGN video review for Helldivers and look at seven minutes and 10 seconds in, you will see me doing a ridiculous thing to escape. Uh, and I hope you enjoy it. If you go check that out. But the review for IGN was written by uh, Will. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was written by, uh, written by Will Berger frequent co-host for this very show but anyways yes, hold divers is, has gotten uh oh sorry yeah lucas were you trying to say something oh i think i just said something like uh, i need to watch that video to see if i'm in it just you yeah, Look, well, it's yeah. Me. we 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 played hell will and i played hell divers for some absurd amount of time <laughs> like the the week or so before everyone else had it yeah i want to say we played it for like five or six hours straight uh, nice <laughs> beautiful i love it but yeah you should play helldivers too because uh everyone you know is probably playing it as well so why and not? if they're not they should be they probably because... will be soon because everyone's democracy never sleeps right. or they're just waiting in line <laughs> they're probably yeah, just waiting true. in queue yeah uh, shout outs to the Endwalker launch that was brought up in uh, the chat the other day by friend of the oh, show no. timo i'm like oh no i got freaking ptsd from that one yeah log in early and... do not let yourself afk out ever <laughs> log in early log in often all right hopefully not just log in once and stay in because if you log uh, out well, they've been, back in the queue been, baby the devs been talking about that about talking about kicking people out uh adding like an afk timer or something like that to the game because like people have Probably apparently been happen, sitting yeah. in there all night and it just doesn't ever boot them, which I was surprised that they didn't have a solution for that, but I guess they just didn't expect I, I, it to I need doubt it. they were expecting to need it. Again, like, no one expected this to the level it got. No one expects the Super Earth Inquisition. I'll it's true. I'll put it that way. Yeah, I mean, I remember when Helldivers 2 first got announced and people were mostly just confused. Like, wait, what? How? Because, like, the first one was... Uh, like, I think people who played it liked it. They did okay, but it was so much, like, a smaller impact. It was much more niche, yeah. Yeah. Really, uh, like, the camera shift really did help. Like, more people are yeah. willing to look at it when it's a third-person shooter as opposed to a top-down twin stick. Even if I like my top-down twin sticks, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. And we all do. We know it. But, you know, Sony, uh, it's Sony, so it had to be a third-person shooter. Of course. And lo and behold, it's even more successful than they could imagine. Will they ever learn the right lesson from this? I nope. don't think so. 
I don't think so. They'll I, do it I do a little wonder, bit worse and more expensive. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if it'll like impact their uh, PC release cadence at all, or if it's going to kind of be like, oh, we'll, we'll put the smaller games on day one, but everything else is still going to be like a year or two away or whatever. I don't know. They really do need to kind of get with it, in my opinion, because yeah. this was like the best possible... You're you're not gonna get that zeitgeist with people who don't have a PlayStation, and you and you need to understand that like there are people on PC or people on Xbox. Like there's been a huge call for for PlayStation to bring this game to Xbox because people are like, we need help against these robots. <laughs> we need help. <laughs> you know. And then there was there on the other side of the coin, like I've seen people post and be like and be like Halo players who've been fighting the Flood and the Covenant and the <laughs> the Locust Horde. Like for their ent- for their entire lives, wait preparing for this moment. Like they were, they were the Xbox crowd was made for this. Like they need point. to, they we need to get them in here. But and get the tenor. They're good at fighting the infested. It's good enough. Yeah, yeah. But uh, anyways, all that to say, go buy Hell Divers. Go play Hell Divers. It's so fun. I I really like it. It is uh. It's glitchy, but it's real, real worth it. Real worth it. A lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Good stuff. Liam in the chat says, Deep Rock Galactic shows up for profit and starts fighting everyone. Speaking <laughs> of. Speaking of, that's an excellent segue, actually, because yeah. uh, Deep Rock Galactic did show up this week for uh, myself and Lucas. So mm-hmm. uh, why don't you start us off, Lucas? Sure. Um, so I have no idea what the hell this game is, but... Um, you were talking about it a few times, and then I saw... I mentioned it yesterday, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you mentioned it before, I don't remember, but it sounded familiar-ish, even though I had no idea what the hell it was. And then I saw that it was like a... I don't know what we call them, but I'm just going to call it Vampire Survivor Z. Kind auto of shooter, bullet heaven. Auto shooter, there we go. That kind of thing. I think yeah. they have like, auto oh. shooter listed on the actual store page, but yeah. Yeah. So I was like, oh, it looks like one of those, but with like way higher production values. So I'll, I'll try it out. And it's it's really intricate, um, I think is the best word I have for it. Um, at first I was kind of like, oh, I don't know, because this sure is like messy European like Warhammer game UI all over the place. And my, my <laughs> eyes are glossing over all the text all over the screen. Um, but I pushed past it and ended up, playing it quite a bit last night um and yeah it's, it's uh just for context i guess you're 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 dwarves and you're like in a mine that's also in outer space and you're shooting a lot of bugs but you're also mining uh for gold and gems and whatnot so it's like you you have these really intense cooldowns on your weapons and you also don't have like direct control over them so what ends up happening is like you're kind of juggling between like okay trying not to die while i'm being swarmed by bugs but but also like okay my ammo's out i'm vulnerable so let me go like beat on the wall for a little bit and see if i can like kind of push my way through and kind of use the walls as a a choke point yeah exactly but also like find the specific spots to mine for the materials which also takes longer so it's kind of like this uh, uh juggling act i guess if you have yeah, I will. Um, I will just quickly add some context, just because um, 
We're actually discussing Deep Rock Galactic Survivor, which is the spin-off of the main Deep Rock Galactic. And I mentioned this to you last week because the main Deep Rock Galactic is a four-person co-op, first-person shooter, which is sim They've stripped it down to be the little auto-shooter top-down okay. thing for this spin-off. But the main game itself plays, again, sort of like Helldivers, but with the uh, focus on, in addition to just shooting bugs, you have to mine complete objectives do resort uh, find the resources and such and it has um the main the main selling point i suppose is that the terrain deformation is really good so you do end up everyone has various traversal options the ability to just you know take a pickaxe to it some people can drill right through some can you know blow up huge sections of it and that can okay. be very useful for you know excavating resources and accomplishing all sorts of objectives and yeah the game is really solid it's cheap it's fair it has you know very few microtransactions it is even better you know in that regard to how it doles out content and player experience and progression than even helldivers so deep rock galactic is uh very very good it's kind of the gold standard i have for that style of game so when they announced that they were doing a spin-off in the style of vampire survivors they announced that a couple of months back i'm like all right you got my attention so and that just dropped a couple of days ago in early access so that's what we've been playing okay yeah see one of one of my main questions for you was is this like an ip that, that yes this is the second game in an IP. So, yeah, there you go that makes a lot of sense um yeah it definitely seems like uh it it seems like a established thing like it just feels that way um which i think is part of part of my confusion as to like okay what 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 is going on here um because there's there's so many games that is like you have these silly dwarves and you're doing dwarf things but this this feels a little more like lived in i guess um hyper capitalist dwarves doing capitalist things and that's basically the crux of it it yeah. is like so many other games nowadays and rightfully so yeah, you know, just the hyper-capitalist absurdity, almost parody kind of mocking and, you know, denouncing it. But, yeah, it's just, you work hard, dangerous jobs for shit, for ridiculous hours for shit pay kind of thing, and all the humor and such that can be drawn from that. Yeah, very, very lots of one-liners. Uh, one of the guys in particular that I've been playing with a lot, um, it's got the, the usual roguelike thing of, like, paying for upgrades between levels and every single time he complains about having to pay for them himself when he's doing it for yeah. work that's, that's pretty good um gosh i'm, I'm trying to think because like it's the game throws a lot at you all at once um yeah i, I think, think my play... familiarity with the base deep rock galactic does help because uh -huh. i at least can pass a lot of it quickly and go okay i recognize that i know that i know sort of how this weapon will function i know how overclocks mm -hmm. work that kind of thing so it's probably um, i am curious to hear how how you're finding the learning curve of it yeah definitely like a lot of um because there's so much text uh it's really easy to for me to miss like how much control i did or didn't have for different weapons uh so a lot of them will be like okay so this weapon will shoot at the closest enemy this weapon will just fire uh in the direction you're facing uh just the whole like by itself like it, some of them are like proximity based where it's like okay this one will fire behind you but only if it's like detecting enemies and so there's a lot of like thought of like okay if i start with this weapon then i need to look out 
when more weapons come in to fill in whatever like gaps I have because if I don't yeah if I don't take that kind of seriously I'm gonna end up with a loadout that just is not helping me um especially because like I'm three levels in uh, sort of I guess is the way it works because it sort of like opens them up kind of staggering and um yeah different difficulties for each biome as it were yeah and I'm definitely by the third one I've hit the point where it's like I'm really struggling with damage output um especially one thing I kind of came to realize is like the uh the reload times I mentioned earlier really like uh got me into a panic so I was like okay pick the reload pick the reload pick the reload and it's like oh god now even the little baby bugs just aren't dying yeah your um, pea shooter is, will has very little downtime but it also shoots peas so yeah exactly so you, you, it's it's uh it's very different from vampire survivors and that game is just like you just pile on and pile on and pile on and it's more about the spectacle of just how much destruction you're causing versus this one it does take the surviving part i think a little more seriously yeah i think i think it's honestly more smartly designed both to both to kind of get the the feel of the base deep rock galactic but also just to really kind of do its own thing with the auto shooter bullet heaven genre style because again i think the best way i think of it is vampire survivors your end goal is to get to the point where you can just take your hands off the keyboard right right like mm-hmm. You get to the point where it's like, cool, hands off, I'm just going to annihilate everything. That moment will never happen in um, Deep Rock Survivor because you'll probably never hit that power point. And even if you do, you have objectives to accomplish. You need to be moving. You need to be mining. And there is a timer that fills as you go in each stage. And certain events will happen along that timer, depending on how deep stage you go each run is uh down to five stages so four basic Mm -hmm. stages and a boss stage but um so a timer will progress and on each level at certain intervals a swarm will kick in so a lot of enemies a lot of big enemies will then come in and also once every level a resupply pod will drop down which you need to clear the landing site so it can get through and then it gives if you do that and stay in the area you get an artifact which is a very helpful upgrade you don't have to do it though you can just ignore it. You can go in a different direction. You can forget about it. But it means you're you're not able to just sit there. You always have to think about, okay, do I have secondary objectives to accomplish? Is the resupply coming up? Should I go get that? Can I go get that? And then even in the midst of it, it's like, that's a lot of bugs. Can I handle that? My damage output is probably not. I'm going to make a choke point. I'm going to dig through, you know, this wall over here to try and just escape that for a while and manage it a bit better. But then, as a result, any kills you get, the XP globes get dropped behind. So you've got to go find a way to try and pick that up, or yeah. you're going to be mm-hmm. getting stronger. So there's always this back and forth, this question, this you know, questions you're asking yourself about what you should be doing in the moment, and it becomes so much more involved, despite the level of my involvement being entirely just, you know, wazzed. Just what direction am I moving? And yeah. I find it so smartly designed. It's just really really good about how it's managed to balance all those factors and really, you know, make you juggle it while also managing your own meta progression. Like, what do you want? Like, do you need these minerals to get the permanent upgrades in between? Do you, when you get hit a level up, are you trying to upgrade a certain weapon up to a point so you can unlock an achievement and 
you know, get further progression through that thing. It's just, there's a lot going on and I've just found myself really compelled by it. So I picked it up yesterday on a whim, figured mm. I'd get some hell diving done, you know, at some point and then just played through until I had to leave my computer like five hours later. It's like, <laughs> oh, I need to go. I've got something on and then came back home and did it again <laughs> and then played it this morning until we started this. So I was like, yeah, it's consuming me and it's great. So... I was not expecting it to fall in love with it nearly as much as I have, but no, I want to get right back into it. It's really good. Yeah, it's definitely has, it's, it's, it makes you use your brain so much more often. Um, and like the, the different, there's only a few classes, but they feel really distinct. Like, uh, one of them, I didn't really enjoy playing with it. Uh, but it was really fascinating to try as, uh, the, the engineer, which like, it's kind of the typical, uh, PC shooting game engineer character where you're like dropping sentries and stuff, but like in that mm -hmm. auto shooter context, it's really, really strange, but but neat. Like I I feel like the the player that can like wrap their head around that will have a really good time because like the it's like you you have your sentry is your main weapon, and you only drop the sentry when you stop moving, and then there is like cooldowns and stuff. So it's like you there's a like a whole additional layer of like really paying attention to your positioning because otherwise like your guys just dropping turrets in your little tunnels that you're digging and they're just like completely useless they're not getting much yeah no good field of fire or anything like that yeah yeah that's really interesting. really fascinating stuff have you uh have you tried out the driller yet the fourth class or have you not unlocked that i haven't unlocked that yet um i've been spending most of my time with the gunner just because it's like lizard brain i can handle <laughs> yeah fair. so much more other things while i'm just letting the bullets come out of my body yeah um i find the driller like just i can see why that's the last one to unlock just because of the way it functions is really interesting and mm -hmm. it definitely feels like the kind of thing you need to have at least played the base game a bit to get your brain wrapped around so i won't go into the full specifics of all of its weapons and such but the basic loadout is that you have faster mining speed and the more you're mining that increases even further to the point where you know when you're just sitting against a wall it goes up to like 75 percent mining uh, so you're just okay. chewing through walls but as a result your base weapon is a revolver that only shoots behind you so you oh, just want to be gosh. digging all the time and yeah. just like nah fuck this i'm not facing the enemies i am running i am going i'm going for objectives i'll clean them up on the way mm, and so it's really interesting, interesting yeah yeah, I did notice that, like, digging also gives you a little bit of VXP, so I, I kind of started to be like, okay, I'm less nervous now about just taking time to, like, explore the level a little more. Yeah, um, the the big mineral patches will give you, you know, XP, uh, so yeah. you're not completely screwed if you're not fighting. So again, very well designed in that regard. Yeah, a lot to think about. I, I think I, the the amount of information on the screen at one time is a little troublesome, uh, especially for people like me, but I think, I think there's a sweet spot where you can kind of like only really take in what you need to and then find what you're comfortable with. And then kind of the rest of it opens up around you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Jesus Christ. What is this game called again? Deep Rock Galactic Survivor? Deep Rock Galactic Survivor. Survivor. Yeah. It's really, uh, out really on Steam game. on Early Access, and it's pretty feature-complete for Early Access. All the base classes from DRG are in it. A lot of weapons, a lot of different things. There's definitely 
more room for it to grow, more biomes and such. And they've said it's going to be in early access probably for around six to 12 months. A mm-hmm. uh, couple very minor bugs I've had with it. Um, but for the most part, it's a pretty, pretty smooth experience for an early access launch. And yeah, it's uh, got the same kind of quality I expect from Deep Rock Galactic. And I dig it, literally. <laughs> uh... Yeah, I like this genre. Um, it, I think it had kind of a little bit of a rough going when it first blew up after Vampire Survivors because everyone just did Vampire Survivors again, but, but so they couldn't quite hit that same yeah. level because Vampire Survivors was just churning out content and was really clever and addictive about how it did it. But now we're getting into the weeds of it. It's sort of it's the situation with uh, MOBAs where Heroes of the Storm, you know, came out and looked at the MOBAs and went what do we actually need from that and how can we do our own thing and then it was great and no one played yeah. it and it died horribly i miss it but um R.I.P. yeah this, R. this seems like there is enough interest um especially with games like uh god was it 20 minutes until dawn 22 minutes till dawn which i've also still yeah. been playing a bunch of on my switch just as a go-to game just good thoughtful ways to approach this style of game with varying levels of control some of it is automated some of it is not and yeah yeah, it's it's just kind of i feel like we're going to see a resurgence both of that and just the twin stick shooter as a result because a lot of those do like 20 minutes of dawn really strays into that kind of uh, Mm -hmm. territory as well which i know brian can attest to because you played that and introduced me to it so Mm -hmm. yeah the the ceiling still feels pretty high for like what can be kind of crammed into that space nice and i think i think the the juice is there like people are putting effort into it yeah and that's the beautiful thing about it in you know creative mediums in general it's like everyone's like eh, be original or whatever it's like to a point but we don't create in a vacuum and the first thing in a genre is rarely the best compared to the ones that take that and iterate on it yeah and that's you know that's how blizzard rose to fame in the 90s it's just they took other things and go okay we can just polish the shit out of this style of thing and put our own spin on it and off they went and you know the three core pillar franchises were all similar to that and i think that that's true of any kind of burgeoning genre is yeah the the first idea is pretty neat vampire survivors is pretty neat but it will not be the best bullet heaven game to exist by the end of it hopefully exactly if we didn't have Breath of the Wild or Genshin Impact, we wouldn't have Sonic Frontiers, right? Yeah, that's that's uh, that's definitely how time and causality work. Let's uh, let's maybe keep iterating on that genre a bit more. Yes, thank you. Uh, the, uh, the grass and piano likes. <laughs> uh, Maya Ligus backwards in the chat says the Vampire Survivor. I'm looking forward to is when V rising gets its full release date. Yeah. I, that's the, Brian. <laughs> what? What? <sighs> I thought you would like that. I did. Uh, I did. <laughs> so anyways, I, I, I'm, I'm with you though. V rising slaps hard. I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, speaking of, speaking of, I got him. I got him. Oh, <sighs> Uh, I'm so uh, mad. <laughs> <laughs> it's really terrible, but I did it anyway, and you can't stop me. So you might as well just be along. It's for good the ride. to have you back. 
Sorry to have just talked your ear off about this oh. game for a while, please. Oh, <laughs> oh, that reminds me. That message oh, that oh. I got. That message that I got that I didn't talk about. Yeah, <laughs> you were going to tell us this before uh -oh. the show started. So Yeah, I was going to say yeah. somebody, somebody, somebody who will remain unnamed messaged me uh, after last week's episode and said, just finished listening to episode 304. They were so agreeable with their comments and opinions that it was almost a one-hour show. I missed your eight-wing <laughs> come-at-me-bro opinions, but I never realized how these things impact the timing. Uh, parentheses, this is an attempted compliment, but the compliment is only conveyed in my tone of voice and smile, and the text format contains none of that, sadly. You were missed, uh, which I appreciated and I also thought was very funny that uh, my combative... <laughs> <laughs> i don't even think it, i don't even think it's your combative uh, anything that necessarily makes these you know stretch out to the hours that they do sometimes and just yeah we just have yeah, to I, have, I, a, have a clean shot last time i think everything true. just lined up it's true yeah, yeah so so i yeah i, I am curious what, i am curious what you guys think about that whether you think that there is a, there is validity to that or you know or or what have you Look, if you give me a topic and a platform, I will sit here and talk your ear off. So if you were, and I think, you know, it's not just a case of you being combative or doing anything like that. It's just you and I doing that and then having the back and forth and dragging everyone along for the ride for three hours mm. while, Will, while Will is sitting in the background going, please just let me sleep, guys. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's what you get for being on the East Coast, Will. That's what you get. I didn't do this to you. You did this to you. Yeah, I'm on the East Coast too, man. Suck it up. Yeah, that's easy. Different East Coast, but yeah. Yeah, it's all the same, right? It's all the East, East Coasts totally. are created. All East Coasts are created equal. That's what I heard. But I don't know, you know. What it says in the Bill of Rights. <laughs> Which definitely applies to your East Coast as well, right, Chris? Yeah, completely. The American Constitution is completely valid in Australia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. Uh, but let's talk about uh, something else. If you guys don't have anything else to say about that complimentary, but also like weirdly toned uh, message, then you know we can we can talk about a little another another game that's actually in early access that I've been playing. Uh, Please, by all means, I will yeah, just, go for it. I will just say again: Deep Rock Galactic Survivor, good, and it's cheap. Go get it. There you yeah. Go. Um, so I've been playing a little game called Hellskate. Have either of you heard of this? Heard of it, yeah. Heard of it. I think I've heard the name, but I don't know anything about it. Yeah. So Hellskate is uh, a skateboarding game a la Tony Hawk, uh, but it's also a roguelite, and it also has combat. So if you're like, wait a second, that doesn't sound like Tony Hawk. You're right. It doesn't. Uh, so, um, sounds like Tony Hawk Underground. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, yeah, and you can and you can and you can hop off of your skateboard and just like run or walk or whatever. Um, but I, I unfortunately, I'm noticing a sad trend where like a lot of games that either ran well on my laptop previously or are games that are kind of of the same visual fidelity that would have run well on it are like not running well on it now. Uh, a bit long in so, the tooth now. Time for an upgrade. 
it's really unfortunate and I'm, I'm debating whether I'm just going to end up getting like a word processor laptop. That's just super slim and super light and really small. And then just get like a steam deck or something to try to kind of bridge the gap to be able to play this stuff on the go. Um, but, or whether I'm going to like just have to save up for a long time and like get a power, more powerful gaming laptop, but it's really obnoxious. But, um, one of the things that I, that I, uh, think is interesting. So the, the premise is that you are, um, kind of in a sort of hell and, um, there is a guy who rules over it, who is a skateboarder like you, like your character. Um, but because there are monsters everywhere and there's a bunch of crazy stuff going on, he's been like rearranging the world to try to keep the people that are remaining in the last city safe, maybe. But also there's the idea that um, the main character uh, who you play as is trying to get to this beach uh, because he remembers it having like the best skate park ever. Uh, so he's like just trying to make his way there because he feels like then maybe he'll be happy or something. So there's a couple of people around uh, the city uh, where you will return to very much like Hades after you die and you'll have like little blurbs and conversations with them. One is a tattoo artist where you can save up kind of your uh, diamond currency that persists throughout uh, each death. That's like your permanent currency. Uh, and you can use that to get tattoos on yourself that are also permanent that will give you certain bonuses. So one will be, um, you'll have like a continue after you die. Like you'll die once you'll have another life. Um, and then there's one that's way more expensive where you can get like two extra lives. Um, but it's kind of, that's kind of like the, uh, darkness board in Hades. Right. Where you can get those sorts of things. You can also defiance. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's other ones as well. Um, like other special abilities as well. Uh, and then there is a skate shop where you can uh, gather materials from defeating enemies and um, from destroying certain stuff in the environment, like crates and things where you can get um, certain types of crafting materials. And this person can make you different skateboards uh, based on that. Now, the unique thing about the main character is that they their skateboard broke and they found one out in the wilds. And it's a special skateboard that is, like, ancient. And whenever he rides on it, it lets him summon this, like, spectral sword that lets him deal damage to these monsters. And nobody else can do that. So, basically, the uh, skate shop owner tasks him with going out collecting resources from the hellscape and bringing them back so that she can craft new types of skateboards, which have different types of weapons. So the one that I have right now, the one that you have from the start is like a katana style weapon. There's another one where it's like a giant hammer. There's another one where it's like shuriken and stuff like that. So all of these, you'll be skating, you'll be doing tricks and things like that. You'll be doing chains with manuals and uh, grabs and flip tricks. It feels very similar to Tony Hawk. Like, so if you just imagine that, you're in a pretty good headspace. The only thing is it's like very um, kind of Borderlands, cel-shaded type, type graphics and things like that. But when you do uh, L1 on your controller, you will do a dodge. Uh, that you can use to dodge incoming attacks and R1 will slash. If you do R2, you'll do like a, a sustained like spinning slash that will um, keep dealing damage for a while. 
but um, each one of these moves, not the dodge, I don't think, but the other two, like your attacks, will act as combo continuers. So if you have like a big trick sequence that you're doing, you can then attack enemies to get like four or five more hits on your combo and then do like a flip trick out of that attack and continue and keep going. So the idea is you're creating these long strings like you would in Tony Hawk, but you're incorporating combat into that with enemies that move around. Um, there are some other ones that are stationary and things like that. Um, so like instead Tony, of manualing in between grind rails, you're just killing a dude. Yeah, makes sense. I mean, you're, you, you're going to have the manual too because they're not everywhere. So okay. like you'll, you'll have like, um, like a skate park. Like in, in Tony Hawk 2, like let's say you're in the hangar, which is the first uh, level in Tony Hawk 2. One of the best levels in Tony Hawk ever. One of the best it's, video game levels true. of all time. Um, so like, imagine you're in a, a, a place like that for a while, you would have maybe three or four enemies in like the main area. And then like, if you crash the helicopter and then get access to the outside, then you would have like two extra enemies that you could fight. Uh, once you kill them all, you'll get what was, you know, like Hades, before you go into a room, you'll see what your reward for completing it will be. Once you kill all the enemies, that's, that's your gateway forward. Uh, so once you do that, a little pillar will rise up from the ground. You approach it and you collect your rewards for this room. And then you decide which one of three like rotating things you would want to get out of the next room. And that's how you continue. Um, there are pits like around, and if you fall into that, you will lose health because you have a health bar. Um, if you get hit, that will also deplete your health and those sorts of things. Um, one of the tattoos that I got, and yeah, uh, Siggy Liam in the chat says, the tattoos is your permanent buffs is such a wild and interesting interpretation. I agree. I think it's a great idea um, because he doesn't lose his body when he dies. He's just, he uh, a portal opens up under the ground, chains come out and wrap around him and pull him back to prison. And then he has to break out to do it again. Um, so yeah, it's really cool. One of the one of the tattoos that I got is um, it gives me a little bit of health every time I clear a room. Um, it's not that much, but you can uh, upgrade those tattoos after a while. Um, and so there will be um, certain things that will be surrounding the level, just like in a Tony Hawk level. There will be uh, Hellscape, uh, just H-E-L-S-K, and then the number eight. And those will be like the little skate l numbers and letters that you'll you find around the stage. Yeah. You got to collect them all. Um, there's also like do a combo that is this score, this score, this score. Like it's very, it's very much that. Um, there are also like three like ravens with cam like security camera heads that are tra that are like sitting on ledges or something around the stage. Uh, you need to attack them, get rid of all of them to get like to complete another one. But um, you have like those little things that you do and then you just kind of decide, okay, what do I want to do? Do I want to get money that I will lose when I die, but I can use to buy little things from little, um, uh, little stores or stations like in, in each level, um, strengthen this run for a better chance of getting to the end or cash out. Yeah. 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 So I've played this game for about four hours. Um, and I do think that the gameplay is super solid. It is, it is in early access and it, it, in certain ways. So backing up gameplay wise, it feels very, very polished in the main. So like the way that, um, your character feels to move around and to skate generally feels very good. Um, 
there are some times where, you know, I, I will like miss a jump or I will try to grind on something or I will try to do like a wall plant or something and it just like won't come out. Or um, there is so far up to this point, I have not found a way to do like a vert transfer, which is like a really key ability in Tony Hawk. Um, and because there are a lot of like upper ledges that I want to get to, that mm. can be a little annoying to like navigate around those sorts of spaces. Um, however, you can get like special um, when you when you enter for the first time, you will get one piece of gear and you can pick up gear that will add different effects to things. So like imagine. Okay, when you do an indie like nose grab, um, it'll shoot a rocket in front of you or something like modifiers and stuff like that. There's also like, oh, every time you attack an enemy, create like a poison thing underneath them that will keep dealing damage. There's that sort of stuff. There's also um, like tapes that you will, those, so those are the tapes. The gear will give you, or no, sorry. That's the gear that will give you special effects when you are doing stuff you already have. Then there's tapes which you can pick up, which will give you new tricks. Okay. So this will be like, oh, uh, do like an impossible flip or something like that. You'll, you'll unlock new moves as you proceed. Um, there's also ways to increase your character's stats, which is also a Tony Hawk thing. Um, I have not been able to find a way to, to like increase any of my stats um, so far, but I'm not really sure. Like Maybe I just didn't get far enough or something like that. Um, I definitely was of the mind uh, early on of like, I want to 100% each one of these areas before moving on. Cause that's typically how I play these games. It really does not feel like the game wants you to do that at first. It feels like it's just, all right, just get through this room. Like don't die, kill all the enemies as fast as you can. And then just keep moving. Um, and once I started doing that, it was like, all right, now I'm getting more resources. Now I'm able to actually like kind of get the ball rolling, which is really what the beginning of any roguelite is like for me. It's just like, all right, I'm not gonna. I'm. I'm not trying to beat the game. I'm trying to accumulate resources to make things easier, and that that you know that is still smoothing the curve so you can shoot for the end. Yeah. 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 And that is that is definitely uh, working right now. There are also some enemies that introduce different um, uh, lines into the game. So, like for example, there is a there is an enemy that's like really long. It's like almost like a centipede, and it has like three or four heads on it, and it's meant you're meant to grind it. You're meant to grind the enemy and attack it as you as you go along. So like there are some interesting wrinkles like that. There are also some uh, like wall mounted enemies that'll be like turrets, um, and enemies will have um, very almost MMO raid boss style like target things. Telegraphs. So, yeah, I'll be approaching an enemy and they'll have this giant like blue lane where it's like you better stay out of here because there's gonna be something that hits here. Uh, and if you're not careful, they're going to get you. So you have to be, you know, keeping your head on the swivel. You have to be watching out so you don't take that sort of stuff, uh, you know, and then you'll go up a vert ramp. And then as you're flying up, an enemy will be on the wall and you'll be slashing at them and trying to take them out and sorts of things. Um, it can be hard to see some of those uh, sometimes because of the way that the environment is laid out. So like there is a degree to which the gameplay is really solid, but the environments don't always support that or like play into that in a very synergistic way. Um, yeah, I might just need to work on the clarity a bit. Yeah. Uh, but it is, it is still in early access. Um, and all that. Yeah, sort that's of the kind of thing I, that hopefully gets polished as it goes. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping because I do feel like it's an interesting idea. Um, yeah, the premise sounds great. I'm, I'm intrigued. So yeah, there's not that many skateboarding games 
you know, we, we've got, we've got skate, we've got like session, we've got Tony Hawk, which is the big one. And then we've got like Ollie Ollie, which is the side scrolling kind of like more, um, input intensive one. This is, uh, more casual in the way that you play, which brings it back to like kind of Tony Hawk. Um, but then it adds these extra wrinkles. And I think that that, um, could make this a really fun game to go back to, um, letting you kind of chase things even after you get, you know, hundred percent completion in a particular area, because there's always kind of more to see. But, uh, I right now it definitely comes with like, it definitely comes with caveats, um, where like when I'm playing on my desktop, it runs like beautifully. Um, but I, I would be really curious to see how this game would, would run or if it would run on switch, because I feel like that could be a really good place for it. Um, it might just be a case of they're waiting for the full release, given that you don't yeah. do early access Absolutely. releases on switch yeah. currently. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do, I do think that the idea, this, this is definitely a case where like, I feel like it's reach exceeds its grasp right now. Um, I hope that that changes because I think that introducing something like this into kind of the skating, um, genre would be really, really cool. And I, I, I yeah, really cause... want it to be awesome. Yeah. There's definitely more room for that kind of thing. Yeah. One, one thing I'm curious about just listening to you, um, it, it sounds like, or at least it's not clear to me what, what the, um, the pressure of it is like in a, in a roguelike, you're usually kind of like your environment's kind of forcing you to move forward or whatever. Right. Um, whereas you made it kind of sound like that's a more of a choice you're making to like, it is. So, so are you just kind of like, just kind of cruising basically like in a space? Um, and is it, is it like wide open? Like a Tony What's Hawk your fail state here? Basically. Your fail state is running out of health, um, which you can do by being hit by enemies. But even after you defeat all the enemies in the area, you can cruise around, but in in a lot of these areas, they will have um, they will have pits or you know pools of of some sort of water. But if you drop into them, like you lose health, like like in Zelda, like you know when Link falls into something, he loses a little bit of health and appears back on the shore. Like that's just kind of what happens. And uh, if you're not careful, or if you're going for a particular gap or a particular collectible. Um, it's very easy to fall in here and there's really not anything you can do about it once you mm. kind of commit to it. Like um, there's one of the levels that they hit you with very off, very frequently early on um, is one where there is, there are like four kind of sections separated by like a cross of, um, of like a Canyon and uh, falling into any of those when you're crossing any of these gaps uh, is going to result in you losing some health. So early on, before I kind of got the understanding of what the game wanted me to do, um, I would be getting hit by enemies as I was trying to like swing and attack them. I would get hit by an enemy by trying to grind on them and like not quite getting the angle right. Um, and then I would get shot into a pit. So then I take damage twice or I would get, you know, I would just like, my I wouldn't have enough speed or my my Ollie wouldn't go high enough and I would just like fall into the pit or I would try to do a flip trick and that would cause me to fall short. And it, you know, I just I found those those um 
you know, little bits of damage added up really quickly. Um, mm. So, but other than that, like once you've got a feel for it and you know how to move about, then yeah, I mean, you can just move around in an empty uh, arena and just do tricks and whatever to try to finish out the different um, uh, goals that you have uh, in the stage if you want to. Like there's nothing that really stops you from doing that if you if you want to. But the caveat is, if you fuck up, then that's a health penalty, which you'll be taking forward with you for the rest of the run. So, yeah. resources to juggle. But there's no timer or anything like that, which is, uh, you know... Maybe maybe later on they'll introduce something like that, but right now, like, there are... Um, there will be little bonus rooms that you can unlock where it'll be like, all right, do... Uh, I mean, there, yeah, there's, like, a little challenge room where it was, like, um, you'll get some of the permanent currency but you have to do like a sequence of manual challenges. But like the first room is like manual for three seconds. And then the next one's manual for five seconds. And then the next one's manual for seven seconds. And then it's 11. And then that's how you win. And it's like each one will have like a platform that you need to manual across that, that um, I, yeah, I don't think you, I don't know that you have to, but it definitely kind of lines up with how long you need to do it. But for one of them, it was this platform that like curved around the stage. So it's like I had to do a manual while I was steering around this mm. this really long platform, and it was like this is tough. I don't know that I need to do this, but I'm def I'm just gonna do it because it's there, so I might as well. Uh, but like you know, and then managing that, you know, in your 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 uh, balance and all those sorts of things, and then you get to the end, and it's you know, you get your bonus, and then you move on, and you choose what the what next reward you want to get. In that, it is very similar to Hades. Um, although there is that that clock um, in Hades, you know, that's constantly counting up. There isn't anything like that in here that I that I saw at least. Maybe I just totally missed it. Yeah, I guess when I think of like Hades or games like it, it's usually like you are in this enclosed space. Yeah. And the the challenges of it kind of come to you. Yeah. Um, and that kind of that, is where like the pressure, I guess, yeah. to complete the room comes from. Yeah. And so that is not. It's hard to not, like. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's not really true here and also cuz like they they don't they don't chase after you and also there are there are not that many enemies. Like it it can feel more tense because a lot of times like I was talking about with the uh the hangar level from Tony Hawk, um a lot of times there will be a part where there is like a translucent partition between you and the rest of the stage. So like you'll have to you'll have to defeat a certain number of enemies in like half of the stage. And then you unlock the rest of it and more enemies appear. But I, I very rarely found it to be overwhelming um, with how many enemies there were. And you really can just kind of button mash on your main slash. Like, it's not hard to defeat enemies. Um, the only ones that can be tricky are, like, the long grind rail ones that move around the, the map. And you have to approach pretty much from the... The only way I've really made it work is approaching them from the front grinding on them and then trying to attack every one of their heads as I go on. And usually I have to grind on them several times to be able to do enough damage to take them out. Um, but yeah. Okay. It's, it's interesting. It's, it's actually though, yeah. really hard to like picture all that just in my head. <laughs> I want to see it in, in action. Yeah. It's giving me, yeah. um, did either of you play uh, Rollerdrome at all? I did not, although that did look interesting. I don't think so. Yeah, it's um, that's what it's giving me um, vibes of, because that came out not that long ago, a year or two ago, I think. 
and it's um similar kind of thing where it's basically just roller skating rink area sort of tony hawk style except there's enemies and you have guns so you're doing tricks and chaining you know things and um while also shooting enemies which will continue your combo and avoiding things so you don't die and then it becomes a case of you know trying to get the best possible run keep your modifier going all the way through so you can basically just you know chain everything and do that and cash out high scores and such and i remember i didn't play it myself but i did see a bunch of it and go damn that's a that's a pretty neat concept so i feel like there's again like there's not that many skating games nowadays especially now you know the glory days of tony hawk are past us save for the excellent uh remake but um yeah it's just uh that style of game of run you know do runs do tricks combo that with um extra challenges and combat and such it's just a it's an interesting kind of loop of game that seems to be making a uh an appearance which yeah that's uh it's interesting and combining that with roguelike elements further is uh yeah intriguing so yeah. hellskate was it yes h-e-l-s-k-a-t-e it is available right now for 22.50 on steam uh and they, the, uh, I have not actually looked at the feedback. The feedback right now on Steam is very positive. Uh, and they do also have a developer roadmap. So the immediate updates that they're going to give out is control remapping, classic skating camera, camera relative controls, which I think is going to help the game a lot, um, skating improvements from community feedback, and free skate. Mm. Then uh, at launch, there's going to be Chapter 1, Escape from Vertheim, which is cool because uh, there's, you know, there's not a ton of story right now, but uh, there's three weapon decks, Soul Samurai, which is the one that you start with, Mjolnir, that hammer, and then Daggertron uh, 1.0, which is like the... the, uh, Shurikens. Shuriken, yeah. Then four brand gear sets, Acid Press, Big Bomb Brand, Deep Cuts, and Electric. Uh, which all have like different types of bonuses that they'll give you. And the spring update is footage quests, which I didn't talk about. One, your your best friend in uh, Vertheim is the guy who wants to record your stuff. So he sends out his drone with a camera. That's one of the first things that that you do after your first couple of uh, deaths. Uh, Speaking of thug, that sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah. So, so footage quest, then they're going to add a new weapon deck, then they're going to add the Trichipedia, and they're going to add secret tapes and new mini bosses and more upgrades and trick tapes revision and new levels and a Yeti brand gear set with ice powers. Then in Q4 of 2024, they're going to add chapter two of the story, new weapon deck, new enemies, new bosses, new mini bosses, more upgrades, NPC side quests, difficulty modifiers with a reward system and then after q4 at some point in the future new uh weapon decks new enemies new mini bosses new bosses new stickers gear tapes and tattoos new npcs and chapter three of the story cool so they have uh they have a long roadmap and they've been they've been developing this game for about four years so now the the core fundamentals are good i guess that makes sense yeah, the, I mean the gameplay feels great. Like the, the it's 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 a lot of stuff. The only real problems I have with the game can be fixed. Um, so, no, good stuff. Yeah, it's fun. Check it out. 
Oh, it makes I wish it ran better uh, on my fucking laptop, but you know. yeah, yeah, that's a real bummer. Because I'm about to be on a lot of trips and I would play it, but as it stands, I'm probably just going to be playing Persona Three Reload. Oh no! What a travesty! How will you ever survive this? Uh, so I don't sorry. know, man. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, there's also a couple other games kind of like this. Um, yeah, I think are worth mentioning. Uh, another one that's recent is Neon Tail. Um, yeah, I feel like I've seen people talking about that a little bit. I'm not super familiar with. Um, then there's also uh, a few months back, uh, Bomb Rush Cyberfunk, which is kind of like I've uh, heard good things about that. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. A, the Jet Set Radio we never got and might actually you know now get. I still never got around yeah. to playing it though. But it's like you're on a skateboard instead of skates, so it still kind of has that like Tony Hawk, yeah, yeah. Uh, like control set to it. So yeah, it's it's neat that people are sort of uh molding around with these formulas there's more exploration into lesser appreciated genres particularly in the indie space because yeah you know and given all the layoffs that we keep getting constantly throughout this year there's going to be a lot of people who are probably going to go to that space and do that kind of thing so support your indies everyone they're the only ones doing anything worth a damn nowadays yeah yeah but uh yeah i i dig it i think it's cool um and yeah check it out i forget what i was gonna say i was gonna say anything else but i totally forgot about it how sure it was some kind of awesome awesome skate joke and we would have been in hysterics oh you know what you're right it would have been yeah missed opportunity maybe one day one cool thing that i think uh i didn't i didn't mention they actually sometimes will give you other uh things that you can do so i actually got a double jump for a little while which made navigating around even as like uh, somebody on foot really interesting. So like I had a hard time making a jump. So it's like, okay, I'm just going to jump out off of this ledge and then double jump and change directions and like get around this corner and then get to one of these little crow cameras or whatever. But anyways, check it out. Hellskate, H-E-L-S-K-A-T-E. Now I got something else I can talk about, but I don't know how much you guys have as well. Uh, what do you got, Lucas? I have very little aside from more Yakuza, and I'll keep it brief if, you know, I touch on it. Um, I guess I could talk a little bit about comp, because it's kind of interesting, um, if not great. So, this this game came across my desk for Shock News. There's a review up um, as of this morning, I believe. I never really followed up. You know, lo- love it when an embargo lifts the first thing Monday morning for so many different reasons. So, there's this game, Comp, Q-O-M-P. Uh, in this case, it's Comp 2. Um, and the premise is Pong, but the ball wants to escape. <laughs> and it kind of takes on this, like, physics... Um, Obviously not platformer because you're a ball bouncing around, but it's almost it's almost like a Celeste or a Meat Boy type of thing, uh, where you're you're kind of you're in a room and the room has like its main puzzle or challenge or whatever, and you kind of have to navigate it. Um, and then there's like spikes and hazards everywhere. And while I was playing it, I kind of felt like I was like missing something, um, so I ended up looking up what the deal with comp, the first comp was and 
things became so clear in a very small amount of time because the first comp was very much a like indie game made by like one dude yeah yeah and it was like the game starts and i, I believe it may have even started on new grounds i could be wrong um but it's like it's actually playing out a game of pong every time the ball hits the paddle it's got the little like cubert profanity thing and it's like clearly the ball is like super pissed off and then it escapes and you go through these puzzle rooms but it's got these like really um kind of eerie vibes to it and it's like very it's supposed to be there yeah yeah it's almost like you're in like video game hell because you breached the boundaries of pong and now there's like skulls and, and you're in like... the back rooms good job yeah uh spikes everywhere other like strange creatures and you're just this pong ball and you can only change the only input you have is you can change your trajectory 90 degrees it's so like if you're going down forward you can kind of go up but you can't turn around uh you have to like bounce off of a corner or whatever to actually turn around um and a lot of the puzzles are uh really built with that in mind um in in the first comp and uh the ball moves kind of like at a certain cadence and it's it's very much like okay um there's like these little paths and like here's the puzzle and i can kind of like understand what i'm supposed to do and if i mess up i'm either dead or i can kind of like zip back around and and, and kind of uh, reset your approach try again yeah exactly and and you go through and like the the vibes kind of get a little more like almost wistful and it, it kind of ends with like the the sort of rules of the space collapsing um and the puzzles getting more abstract and unpuzzle like till eventually you do escape and and it's this almost kind of like um i don't know poetic for lack of a better word uh moment where you you're, you're supposed to just not touch the controls anymore and then the ball eventually like figures out how to escape and then the game's over it's beautiful <laughs> it's beautiful it brings a tear to my eye right so of course what happens apparently is that atari is like oh that's like pong so we're gonna buy the rights to comp from you little indie guy and we're gonna make comp too and you're not gonna make it we're gonna make it we're gonna hire some other studio and so it's like it does the vibes and it does the same kind of setup but it's like it's like taking an idea someone came up with where they kind of like wanted to even if it's a silly premise they kind of had like a mood they wanted to portray and they had like a like a like a punchline for that and then it's like here's the corporation that comes in and grabs it and it's like oh we can do that and they just kind of like imitate it why without yeah. ever thinking about it it's it's the inverse of what i said earlier about we don't create in a vacuum it's like yeah iteration and development and such from creatives will eventually lead to it because there's the creative thought put into how do we do that how do we take it further what works what doesn't yeah the corporations really... don't have that they just go money yeah there's like do it and do it bigger with more levels and bigger with an and explosion with... michael bay yeah. michael bay in the background somewhere with Which more overt whole... atari references of course naturally yeah it's the whole yeah. it's the whole thing with ai where it's just like okay you you made a piece of art but it's screwed up and not in a human way 
it's screwed up because you don't actually understand why we're doing any of this. And also there's no soul to any of this art. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's, it yeah. is, uh, it is a shame. Cheap but and diminishing returns. This is what happens when we give in to the temptation to make the line go up, which is, yeah. which, which I, I, to get real for a moment is a lie. We tell ourselves that is not possible. Like, can't. There, there's, there's a, um, I forget what song it is, but there's, there's a song by muse where there is a unsustainable. Yeah. Yeah. Where, yeah. What is it? Uh, a, a society isolated system and unsustainable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. an isolated system, uh, you know, bent on endless growth is just unsustainable. Like it, it's, it's not, Earth is a closed system. Like, I mean, it's not it's not a true closed system because sometimes we do get asteroids that land here, which is how we get stuff like Mercury. But for all intents and purposes, it is a closed system with a finite number of resources and endless growth in a closed system like that is not possible. So when people tell you, oh, we always have to increase revenue, we always have to increase profits, that is not real. Yeah. And we all know the lie. That's yeah. the problem. Most of us, especially nowadays, as this has become increasingly clear, we know the lie. We yeah. can see the lie. We can see it for what it is. The problem is still just a case of actually doing something about it because it feels too much, yeah. too large or whatever. And that's why, you know, it's important that we actually, you know, spread this information and say, hey, this cannot continue. Uh, group up, push against this. Because... Yeah. Otherwise, it's just going to continue as it has. And one yeah. way to do that on a small scale is to do what we've been talking about doing, which is support your indie game developers. Because indie game developers, a lot of times, are, one, trying to make something creative out of some uh, inborn need to tell a story. You know, we i made this podcast because i needed to get out my thoughts i needed to express what i thought about certain things to you our dear listeners and viewers and i surrounded myself with people that feel the same who have a lot of thoughts want to talk about it want to increase the discussions that happen around certain types of of games and that's the way that artists have always been now i'm not saying what we're doing here is art in a, like a strict sense. I think there is an interpretation of art where it is, but I'm also a musician. I'm also a songwriter. And that is me feeling like I need to get something out and I need to talk about it. And a lot of indie developers are that same way. They, they have ideas. They're like, oh man, I think it'd be really cool if somebody made a Tony Hawk game where you could also attack demons. And then they made it. And that's cool. They did, and they didn't do it because that was like going to be the next Fortnite, and it was going to print them money. It was like, this is something, you know, it's like the people at Larian. They're like, we wanted to play the next Baldur's Gate, so we wanted to make the next Baldur's Gate so we could play it. And then they did, you know. And when you, when you move up to get to like the EAs and stuff like that, you know, you've got shareholders to please, and it needs to be profitable. And that's where you get into these sorts of situations where it's like, well, we're doing it because we can do it and because we feel like it would probably behoove us financially to do it. But that doesn't necessarily mean, unless you can get somebody to come in and, and, 
and really feel the vision and really have like some passion for it, you know, which is where you get people like Kojima and other, other people like that, that even at very large scale projects, there is a lot of weird shit in death stranding because Kojima is a fucking weirdo and that's why we love him, you know, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's, there are still creatives even at places like EA and such. It's just a case of, they are constantly butting heads with, the executive class that is only concerned with the numbers and that's it. They're like, you, you make the pitch and it's like, can we make a ton of money off this? And then they'll yeah. say, yeah, sure. And then the creatives can maybe go and do something with that. Maybe not. And yeah, it's like, it's, see, there's, there's, there's yeah. Elden Ring and there's Helldivers games that should yeah. not be as big as they are like they, because they do not care about you, but that's, what's funny. Yeah. Like, you know, so it's like you, it, it's one of those situations where it's like, shoot for the moon. Even if you miss, you'll land among the stars. You know what I mean? Like help, the help divers team would have made very different choices. If they were trying to make money, they would have made very different choices, but they didn't because mm-hmm. they wanted to make this game. And that's why I'm going to tell you to get out there and support super earth, even though it's <laughs> difficult to get on on the servers and stuff like that. But anyways, all, all that, I, I don't want to hyper capitalist fascists by, yeah. Wait a the, second. Support the fake ones. Support the fake the, ones. The fake hyper capitalist fascists. The ones depicted by creatives for the sake of a laugh. Support yes. those ones. Support not the real those ones. ones. Not the real ones. But uh, <laughs> yeah, know the difference, dear listener. But, uh, but yeah, anyways, I didn't want to get super big into that, but I do think that is, that is worth saying because it's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we kind of tangented off your uh, review there. No, <laughs> it's Sigi fine. Liam, Sigi Liam uh, says, uh-oh, the propaganda machine is in full swing. Fine. Oh, I'm going to the one place not corrupted by capitalism. Spy! Wait, 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 wait. Oh no. Wait. Nope. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Tim Curry yeah, was Tim, wrong. It's, Tim it's Curry is the goat. Too. Yeah. <laughs> You're right, though, and Tip Curry's the I think best. the the weird thing about a situation like this is like it's you're never gonna know what actually happened. Like it's easy to say, well, why didn't you just give the original guy a pile of money to do another one? And the answer could be all kinds of things. And yeah, yeah, um, maybe he didn't want to. Maybe he exactly. had different ideas. Yeah, and I hope exactly. they made out like a fucking bandit. I hope that they yeah. got paid a ton of money and they're really pleased to be able to, you know maybe retire or at least have enough money to make like whatever next thing that they want to do. But yeah. And like, ultimately like people were hired to make this game and I'm sure they tried their best to do a good job. But like uh, another, another point about the game itself is like, I mentioned the speed of the ball and the, uh, the angle trajectory and everything. What you can really tell where they missed the point uh, is the ball. And the second one moves at like half the speed and for the sake of having more stuff they also made like a boost thing where you like charge it and then the ball kind of lurches forward for like half a second and so the the puzzles of course are bigger and and more complicated to compensate but you constantly end up in this situation where it's like oh i i missed where i wanted to go now i have to watch this fucking ball at half the speed go across the screen so I can hit the corner and turn back around in the direction I wanted to go. With Whereas the in the first game, 
yeah the first game it would just be like boop 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 and then i'm back where i wanted to be because it's like designed around the ball moving in the little spaces to make the puzzle rooms of course it's like oh it needs to be bigger it's a sequel it needs to be more complicated but also easier for people to play so the ball doesn't move as fast so now i just have to watch it Every time I make a mistake, I'm just like, I wanted to Riveting. scream. I wanted to scream every time I messed up. And the last game, it's like, oh, I'm dead. Okay, it's just another meat boy on the wall or whatever. Um, so it's like, you got the assignment. You, the assignment was taken from someone for some reason or other. Given to these other people. Do this. They do it. And it's just like, unfortunately, like, just such a swing and a miss. It just, it doesn't didn't land yeah not at all that's a shame because like it's it's got its moments it's got this like fishbowl lens thing going on and and there's like it's still minimalist visually but there is more detail so like video game atari basement hell looks even creepier sometimes but it, it just feels I, I think i compared it to sharknado in the review it was like, it was like you know Here's a here's a funny corruption of a popular thing, and then it it works on some level, and then immediately like the corpo guy comes in and takes it and puts it on a conveyor belt. He's like, "Do it again." Make me another Sharknado. Yeah. The Sharknado will continue. Sharknados <laughs> will continue until morale improves. So it just, it just feels very cynical, and it it's. It really bummed me out when it was like, I'm going to take a break from this because I don't, I don't think I'm getting it. Well, I'll play the first one because it's like $2 on Steam or whatever. And I had so much more fun. <laughs> Figures, and yeah. then it was over, and then I had to go back to the second one. And he's like, oh, this, this is just not, it's not it. Yeah, for, sounds like the first one had its point, made its point, did it concisely, got in, got out before, the prob- before it, you know, overstayed its welcome. Whereas yeah. two does not sound like even close to that no hmm. it's weird because like, an interesting touch point though yeah like atari like it's what atari's like a ship of theseus right like yeah it's oh yeah not, there's yeah. there's nothing <laughs> nothing it's been a ship of theseus atari. like four times so, <laughs> yeah, yeah like four ships uh the 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 current iteration of atari seems to be like being more playful with the IP than, than other Ataris of the past. They're at um, least attempting. So, yeah. Yeah, they're doing aren't they like... Also, aren't they uh, also the ones responsible for all of like the rearmed or recharged variants that keep going up on uh, Epic Games? Yeah, I think those are great. Like, that's really yeah. cool. Yeah, they're doing yeah. that. There's like, a, there's like a Pong-themed RPG. There's like a... a like a, a lot Atari of those are themed. included in in Amazon Prime like Twitch yeah. tie-ins right now. You can get like four of those games on Epic Games right now. Uh, That's awesome. Through that, which is why yeah, I was thinking cool. about that. Yeah, I I got Black Widow recharged way back in the day. Mm-hmm. There's also like not Joust. God, what was the other one? Anyways, I think there's they, a they, Berserk like, one. Like maybe like a Missile Defend like uh one. Missile Command. Yeah. Yeah, Missile Command recharged or rearmed or whatever. There's yeah. like a bunch of those that are out now, which is cool. Yeah, and there's Atari Mania, which is like a WarioWare kind of thing with Atari stuff. And then I'm pretty sure they like hooked up with Digital Eclipse and did like a Atari collection 
like all the other ones, but it has more of like a museum vibe with like mm. documentary footage and stuff, which I think is a really good, like, you know, if you're going to do another collection of Atari ports, at least, you know, treat it like kind of venerable. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there, there's definitely like the software preservation angle. Which, exactly. Yeah. There is, there is effort from this current Atari. So it's, it's a shame to see this one kind of feel a little icky mm. in that way. But shame. Yeah, that's what I played. I'm yeah, they really too hard to the Konami. I'm really curious to know where this next discussion is going to go, uh, because I I have not talked to you about this at all. I know I missed the podcast, and then you were gone, and it was just like well, yeah, and and Chris and there. Chris like we were, I think we were running out of time that week, and so. He was just like, well, I specifically just, said, hold, yeah, wait, hold. wait, and don't talk about this until we get Lucas on the show. And now here we are. So it's time to talk about Grand Blue Fantasy Relink. Hell yeah. It's time for some side games. I've been, I've been converted over to the Grand Blue way and yes. I feel like Chris is the same. Uh, I want to get of, into it, but infinite wealth. It's infinite yeah, because of, and wealth. Because of, <laughs> because of Rising, like Rising has been so great. And it's, 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 it's very interesting because I will, I will say straight up, playing both Relink and Rising at the same time is very interesting. And I am very pleased with the synergy because I'm playing characters in one game and then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go check you out in the other game. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> Um, unfortunately, my main character uh, in Grand Blue Rising, the fighting game, is not he's, playable. He's a Rising exclusive because he's the uh, villain of that game. So yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So I, I play Belial in uh, in Grand Blue Rising, but he's not the only character that I play. You know, I I play. I started playing uh, Zeta and Seox and Siegfried, and then I abandoned Siegfried, uh, and then I started getting uh, I started getting into Gran. Uh, and because he has like an outfit where he looks like Ramza from Final Fantasy Tactics, right? And right. I got into that, and then I started playing Grand Blue Relink. And because Lucas, because you were playing Gran, I played Jita, and now mm. I'm like, I need to play Jita in in yeah. Rising <laughs> because she is so cool. Uh, and I was I was actually reading up on the characters in the fighting game, and apparently. Mm. Uh, she has a better fireball game than Grand does, and her mm. normals are longer, which I typically go for in games. Like I typically like to be like a mid range thing, and apparently her I don't know why, because I think she's shorter than Grand, but um her like her sword arm is just longer. Like her attacks just have more range. Um, so I really haven't played that much uh, of Grand. I did play a little bit of Grand uh, in uh, Relink. But I have mainly just been playing Jita through the whole game. Um, so I cool. believe I am like f- between five and six hours into the game. Uh, mm-hmm. And I've played like the first five or six chapters, I think. I think I, I either am still in the little ice area or I just got past that. Um, okay. So I'm like several bosses through. Um, I don't know how much you've done or if you did like a full review, so you've already beaten it or whatever. Yeah. I've played through the story entirely. Okay. Okay. I'm not sure how my understanding is it's not that long. So I might be like halfway through the game or something. I would say you're right around halfway. Yeah. Okay. It's, 
It is very uh, efficient. Um, yeah, which I like. I like a lot. Like when I found out, I was playing through it, and I found out. I think I, I think I saw somebody say maybe it was on how long to beat. It was like ten to twelve hours or something like that. I was like, oh, you got my attention. I spent more action. time. I spent more time on a single chapter of Infinite Wealth than that entire <laughs> game. Yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. So so I. Uh, I really appreciate that, but let's get into the nitty gritty, Lucas. Because you have like kind of the the bird's eye view. Can you can you take us through like what this game is and kind of explain it, and then let's talk about what we think of it after that. Yeah. Um, so it feels important to mention Grand Blue like original briefly, just because like. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. From a story yeah. standpoint, yeah. Yeah, because this this game. Uh, kind of really i don't want to say it assumes that you've played the original but it doesn't really care that much if you haven't i guess is a better way to put it uh because it like it dumps you right in it's just like hey here's all your friends and if you don't know them then well you know there's they're your friends now so you know you'll meet them further as you go <laughs> yeah uh so it's like it, it starts out and the whole crew is together um it's like the main story characters um and man i'm realizing i'm bad at names um but it's it's gran it's catalina it's uh gunman who's voiced by sanji from one piece and, uh, um, it's o- older gunman uh uh oh my god R- rock rockham rockham, rockham like yeah that. rockham yeah, and yeah, then yeah. yugen i think yeah is the, mm-hmm. the other guy's name yugen is like yeah. the older guy with the eye patch and then mm-hmm. there's there's Lyria, who's the blue-haired young girl who can control uh, summons, yeah, uh, or at least one. She's got Proto Bahamut, mm-hmm. which is like, I mean, come right. on, you can she only can, summon. She can speak to them though, which is the yeah the major plot, I think. She, okay, she's like the number two character, basically. Like it start the the original story starts out where which uh, I will say, like... hold on, before you get into this, I I do think it's important to note I am not familiar with grand blue beyond the fighting game and this yeah. and i have not played the fighting game story because i i wasn't reviewing it i just i got it as a christmas present so i've just been fighting uh and haven't engaged with the story basically at all uh mm-hmm. it, apart from the interactions that characters have had in arcade mode which are pretty minimal um or the intro dialogue or the intro dialogue between characters so like um and I think that it's really interesting that I went into this and I feel like it's fine. Like yeah. there's, there's, there's one thing that I think is, is important to note that I want to get into in a second, but even um, coming to it from somebody who's like passingly familiar with these characters or some of their names. And like, even the characters in the fighting game are like, I'm guessing a small percentage of the ones that are in like the greater grand blue universe. Um, I actually found it very easy to kind of like, just, it felt kind of like coming in halfway through a season of Seinfeld where it's just like, you know, if you, you, you don't really know what's going on, but you very quickly get a feeling for like the relationships all these characters have. So I, I'm really curious to, to know your perspective on it, but between that and the fact that as you level up, there's this uh, mechanic in the town where you can go and watch these um, background videos for your characters that are level gated. And when you finish it, when you finish watching one of these videos, they'll give you stat ups for those characters. Mm-hmm. And I'm mm-hmm. like, that is awesome because yeah. they, and they, they explain like the origins of these characters. So mm-hmm. like 
how Gran Orgita is connected to Lyria and like all this other, like what happened with Catalina and stuff. So like, yeah, I, I, I do not feel lost really, which I think is really impressive given how, given how wild this world seems to be. But I, I'm really curious to know what you think about that. And sorry for jumping in there. I just wanted to like make it very clear. I'm not experienced in this. Yeah, no, no problem. It, it's it's really good actually because I I think that uh, one one of the major factors of, of like Psy game success um, over over the years um, is is like their their creative people have a really really firm grasp on just like making very uh, elegant and appealing characters. Like they're they're simple, but they're not just walking tropes. Um, but they're really easy to like get along with and understand and they just kind of throw a group of it's them together easy to pa to pass them visually as well like you, you see a true. character you recognize that character mm -hmm. there's only yeah, one seox the, the art is very colorful and very expressive it looks unique they don't just look like you know anime characters from whatever show um cuz it, it Io does doesn't look like Catalina who doesn't look like Zeta who doesn't look like Jita yeah. yeah so it's it's very easy to kind of understand and just sort of be inserted into the group um and part of that is like even in the original like it's a it's a gotcha mobile game so like you have your like main handful of people but then otherwise it's just a massive group of people who just come and go as is you know relative to depending on your pulls yeah exactly um which is also where the thing you mentioned comes in is the fate episodes which is directly lifted from the original you get a character um by pulling and then as you use that character you can go through their little visual novel style uh story and it gives you like the background of who that character is and um, you know, that character may never show up in the main story, but you still kind of get to understand who they are, what they're about, and, you know. Why they would tag along with uh, Gran and Co. Yeah, and so it helps be like, okay, well, you know, this character's not important all the time, but I dug their vibe and their look and their story, so I'm gonna, you know, I'm happy that I pulled them, yada yada. Um, so it they, also they helps do... me understand why people in the fighting game are like, yo, when are we getting Rackham in the game? Yeah, because like he's really fun and cool. Like he's I, even I, in the story mode. Like not. Yeah, he's like he's, he's like the number number three or number four guy. Like he is part of the main crew. Yeah, he's um, your, he's the captain. He's the helmsman. He owns the ship. And yeah, yeah, it's that's an his ship. It's a, it's a floating sky island um, setting. You need a ship. Yeah, yeah. And he's Sanji. Like you, you can tell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, this is where I bow out of this discussion. <laughs> yeah, I'm, not, I'm not talking about but... One Piece. <laughs> But yeah. you know it's um, One Piece. I mean, he said it earlier, which is the only reason I know. Yeah, okay. Yeah. There's just some of those people have really distinct voices, uh, even even among other... Anyways. Um, yeah, so, like, it, it, I think for me, um, I was a little, like, oh, what's going on here? Because I couldn't tell if it was, like, an adaptation of part of the story or an original story or a sequel or what. I'm pretty sure now it's all original. Um, but I, I still, so. I reserve the right to be wrong. Um, but yeah, so like, like to your point, like it throws you in, but it doesn't, it isn't like, and then here's the presence of years of lore missing that you immediately yeah. feel. It's like, 
you're you're onboarded in a different way just by kind of like hanging out with people um, context clues like there, there's yeah. there's a there's a benefit to that so like because i know and, and even then like because i haven't played the story in grand blue rising like i kind of know who belial is but like i don't really know so like there was a there was a, a clip where like uh in relink where like they never mentioned him but like you just see him like you see him in like a little moment when the heroes are going by and i'm like oh shit like that's not gonna be good for anybody but like <laughs> that's the only you know they they mm-hmm. infer that based on like the kind of dramatic uh camera angle that they adopt so it's like i mean i i know who that is but like beyond knowing who they are and how dangerous they are you'd be able to understand like based on the framing of the shot like somebody is following them this is not going to be good probably you know but so yeah i I think it's just like it adds a little bit of of more context a little bit of depth but i feel like Mm -hmm. yeah like like the side games team definitely does seem to be deftly maneuvering in this space which is something that you really can't say for a lot of like multi-genre multi-platform long-running stories because it's like you got some long-running stories like you know the longest story in games in tekken and it's like well this has really always just been on playstation and then Mm -hmm. there's some other stuff where it's just like okay well we've got metal gear and like there's some metal gear gotchas but like we really don't know anything about those stories and they don't really have anything to do with it and this seems like a much more cohesive thing but they all kind of work, uh, you know, interdependently of each other in a, in a pretty impressive way, to be honest. I'm not like, I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. And, and the main story itself has been so popular that it, it's just been adapted to a different. So there's a manga and there's an anime. Both of those, um, were like localized and released, uh, in like normal, uh, venues over here. Um, Do you happen to know so- who did the anime? I'll look I, that up while you keep talking. I don't know. Because I was, I was just curious because I'm just like, I'm just like this. Like, to me, you know, your mileage may vary. Like, I, I find Relink to be a really fun game. Like, it's, it's very, it's, mm-hmm. um, it's very interesting because I, I feel like you can boil it down to its most basic, and it is just kind of like a hacky and slashy action RPG that's like very simple but it has so many little wrinkles like it's not doing anything revolutionary but it's kind of it's like several steps beyond sea of stars where it's just like we're just gonna add like 10 really interesting little wrinkles that make basically everything more interesting uh like the way that like chain attacks happen the way that link attacks happen like you're gonna do your basic mash square then mash triangle and dodge or block and like Mm -hmm. that's really straightforward but there's enough stuff where it's like we're getting our sync meter up and then we're going to do link attacks and then we're going to do chain attacks and then if we do enough chain attacks we'll get a full burst and then we're gonna you know i've got like like Reganlev, which is like my projectile and then i've got like armor break so it's like i'm gonna do the one thing i'm gonna do the other thing and i'm gonna keep like building up enough energy so that i do them at higher levels that deal more stuff it's just like there's all these little wrinkles that are all over the place and because they have so many of those and the fact that this game is not very long i feel like really puts it in like um this is gonna be a weird comparison but this is the first thing that came to my mind it's kind of like a it's kind of like a, a really good marvel movie like a top, like a top two thirds Marvel movie, like 
you know, one of my favorites is Winter Soldier, which has something important to say. Which is correct, yes. Yeah, and, and like, it it has, like, hard moments, but I'm not thinking about stuff like that. I'm thinking more like, I don't know, Guardians of the Galaxy or something like that, where it's just, like, it's not really trying to, like, say anything. It's just trying to be a really great popcorn flick, and it yeah. just nails it. You know what I mean? And that's kind of how I feel about this game. Like, it's it's, it's not trying to be Baldur's Gate 3. It's not trying to be Devil May Cry. It's trying to be, like... And it's not trying to be Dragon Quest, you know? Right. It's, like, somewhere in the middle of all these things. But it's, it, like, it knows when to get in and get out. And... Yeah. Like... It is... It's shallow in a literal sense, right? But it's yeah. super polished. There's tons of, like, care... Uh, and attention to detail into Dude, even, even at the lowest graphical settings, like the, the, the mm-hmm. effects are just out of control. Yeah. And the, and the, uh, one, one of the great things about the onboarding is like a, something it, it like, and hits you with the premise is like, Oh, this girl can like summon things. And then immediately that goes wrong. And there's a giant yeah. dragon attacking your ship while you're, and it's just this incredible set piece. Which, by the way, can we talk about how the Grand Cypher takes just the absolute shit can of a beating every <laughs> five minutes? I'm like, bro, all right. Like, I'm pretty sure that's true of the, of the Gatcher as well. There's, yeah, that ship cannot get a break. Dude, I when I tell you, like, the first thing that happens is this ship gets the absolute shit beaten out of it. And then you immediately take it to a place to get repaired. And then you wander around and you meet some people and you get your equipment repaired and upgraded and stuff. And then you go out on it again and it immediately gets the fucking shit beat out of it again. And I'm like, dude, how are any of us still alive? Like, this is out of control. And the second time's even cooler because you're like in a sky battle with other ships and you're like jumping back and forth between them. Dude, it was like like Pirates of the Caribbean like 3. In like, the sky. we're swirling around this maelstrom and we're locking these things and we're all jumping across and it's like it's crazy it gets it gets really creative with the set piece moments um later on you'll get to a desert kind of area and tell me when you get there because yeah <laughs> man some stuff happens there um yeah unfortunately yeah, but- this is one of those that we're like this is another one of the, and this is even more true than of hellscape this game does not want to run on my laptop. Like uh, I like I I literally went to the lowest settings, the lowest resolution. I'm literally playing it at 720 on my gaming laptop and like it usually runs pretty good, but then it'll just absolutely slow to a crawl. Uh the particle it, effects kick in and your fans kick well, out. you can't and you can't <laughs> turn them off. Like that's the thing. Like I you know that's, you know, it's part of it is like, it's really impressive that even on the lowest graphical settings, it still looks really great. But unfortunately I need it to look a little bit less great so that it runs well. Uh, but yeah, like uh, playing it, I, so playing it on my desktop, like it's, it's runs like a dream and it looks incredible. Uh, mm-hmm. and it's like real fun. Like the, 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 you talk about set pieces fighting that wind elemental thing where it's just like a bullet that's like going through and like destroying the environment as you're going through. I'm just like. Yeah. Bro, can I can I get can I have some of you play this game and like learn from this and do this sort of stuff when I'm playing like you know Final Fantasy 16? Hello. I was gonna say there's a lot of parts that are really reminiscent of 16 in in that kind of 
blockbuster set piece way, but way more like you know anime like. Yeah. Um, but but it it's it's got a lot of the same kind of vibes to it for sure. Um, and, but because uh, it's not I, an open world game, it feels a lot better and it looks a lot better because everything's like really dialed in, so you don't have all this empty exactly. space distracting you from the fact that there's like not that much going on because it's going on in a very focused space, which was my, my biggest problem with 16. It's just mm-hmm. like, bro, yeah, this game should plus, have been, uh, you know, long dialogue shot, reverse shot. And it's like, this game should have been a fourth, the, the, the surface area, like just, just chop it up. Like, just give yeah. me more focus. It should have been like 12, like in those like types of areas. Like it shouldn't mm-hmm. have been, I don't know. Open world no, fatigue you. is like a thing. We we've talked about this so much. Yeah, I, I don't want to rehash it and stuff like that. But anyways, please continue. Yeah. So I, I wanted to go back to what you were talking about earlier with like the little the little things it does. Like uh, you mentioned dodging, and it's like it goes through the effort of not just like okay, here's your dodge button, but it's like you can dodge, dodge up to three times. Each dodge is slightly different. Almost like Mario doing his triple jump in Mario 64. Yeah. Um, you can dodge in the air too, and there's different recovery depending on where you are and what you're doing. And it's just like you can even use the dodge to like kind of hack a double jump in, in some cases, and even it encourages you to. And it's just like those little like extra rules, like the extra thought they put into otherwise simple things. And then yeah. every character. You know, you mentioned like they have their your their hack and slash controls, but almost every single character plays by its own set of rules, um, and in really noticeably different ways. Like especially like if you go from Graham to like Rockham, who just uses his gun, his controls are just completely different. Um, and then you oh, go wow. down I, like I've played I played like five hours yeah. in this game. I think I've only ever played as the captain. I've never played okay. as anybody else, so. Yeah, you- you should swap characters because, like, seriously, like, even just going to Catalina, who also uses a sword, like, her kit is completely different. Um, and it, it like, and then you go down the list of, like, the characters you can unlock who even, who have even, like, weirder shit going on. And, yeah, I unlocked it, Zeta because I played her in the game. So I was like, I need to, yeah, I need to play it. You know, I need to have her on my team. I didn't know you could play as her, so I'll definitely have to do that. Oh, yeah. Her whole thing is, like, you can do sustained air, uh, 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 dive kicks <laughs> where you're like she she, she launches herself taps. up in the air no and then dives and then if you do Chris. the timing right you can just do it <laughs> oh, over, God. And over and over <laughs> thousand yard stare right now oh no chris get ready to get pogoed on baby oh, get, no. get ready to get pogoed on and if i hit you with my ultimate ability get ready to take 60 plus percent damage we need Sounds to play like Grand Blue Rising more. Is. We do oh, need to man. play that more. We've been diving too much. What can I say? It's true. Yeah, like I played uh, I played Fairy a lot because I really like Fairy. Fairy and is great. She, she doesn't even really have like a combo per se. She's got um, like she does a couple of whip hits, or you can hold the button and she'll like just keep it out there. But when she oh, does, like, like Simon Belmont. Yeah, kind of. Um, but her whole thing is like she has her dog ghost that she summons. Yeah. Um, but like you do, you do like damage with her basic stuff, and that sort of gives you like, uh, ending the combos in certain ways will bring a dog out, and they come out temporarily, and they will kind of extend off of your attacks. But then they also have their own commands that you can do, 
and there's commands that you can do to call them, commands that you can do to use them, uh, stuff you can do to use all three of them. And so it's like her her basic combat isn't hack and slashy at all. They still use all the same buttons, but it's just like a totally different set of rules that you're playing with. Yeah, playing Chris, Z from DMC five. Chris, we gotta we gotta get Lucas into rising. We gotta we gotta <laughs> we gotta get him playing fairy in that game. We gotta we gotta do it. I know. I do I do need more fairy. I actually went and started playing the mobile game a little bit and uh was hoping fairy would be a story character, but I don't believe it's the case. I'm very disappointed. Shame. So I have to I have to gotcha her somehow. Shame. But you can play as her in uh, in that game and she's a lot of fun. She's also kind of like Dalsum from Street Fighter, which is kind of mm. cool. Okay. A lot of reach. Yeah, she's sense. ridiculous. She's ridiculous. Very very cool and she looks dope. <clears throat> yeah um yeah i dig it it's it's so much fun um and, and like we were saying like it's short i desperately like, wish it ran on my laptop well <laughs> yeah i, I want to try it on like my uh ally here and see if it works handheld i'm um, super curious about that if anybody has a steam deck or a or an ally or something like that and it, and has uh access to to relink i really want to know how it runs because at this point, really, my only two options are get a new gaming laptop, which is going to take me forever to save up for, mm-hmm. uh, or get a Steam Deck and then just get like a really slim, lightweight laptop and then just use it for like writing or whatever, and then just do that. And I'm not really sure. I know which one would be more cost effective because you can get like a really basic laptop for like 100 or 200 bucks. And then you can get us like a Steam Deck for like not that much, so it'd probably be cheaper for me to do that. But I'm really curious if games like that that are starting to not run on my laptop would run well on Steam Deck or another like handheld PC. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it, there's always going to be a degree of tinkering with those things. Um, generally speaking, like with my Ally, I I think I have a better time than on the Steam Deck. Um, but there's always going to be tinkering that you'll have to do on a game by game basis. Hmm. Um, this is what it is. Gosh, train of thought. Right. So it's a short game, but there are huge chunks of it that are basically, um, taped off for after you finish the story. Hmm. Um, that I've been curious about cause I didn't really have a chance to really dive into the post game, but. Uh, there's like whole like weapon upgrading systems that you barely get to touch before the story's over. Mm. Um, so there's it's definitely it's like it's short in terms of the campaign, but it's meaty and there's multiplayer that I don't I don't know how healthy it is or not, but um, it seems like they kind of wanted to try to do like a not quite Monster Hunter, Monster Hunter almost like I don't know if you ever played God Ada. Yeah, like God Eater or like a Ragnarok Odyssey, if that means anything to other people. Or um, maybe, um, God, what was it? Freedom Wars or something like that. Yeah, kind of. White Knight Chronicles. We can keep spitting out examples, <laughs> Lucas. You you just got to tell us to shut up so we can move on. Yeah, I think I think we got it. Um, I, yeah, I will um, say, while you've been talking about this, I've just been getting Steam notifications and literally four different people in the time we've been talking about it, booted up Grand Blue Fantasy Relink on my friends. It's like, what the fuck? Really? Guys? 
literally yep. four different people at various wow. points during this discussion. I thought that, you were gonna say for... hell divers or something. I did not expect no, no, that. No, no, no. I expected more hell divers. I only saw like one of those. Yeah, it's not doing like hell divers numbers, but it did hit a million copies very quickly for a game very that's nice. like niche. Yeah. Grand Blue. I I know those friends. They're weebs. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, even so, like I, I I've seen chatter about it uh, from like outside the sicko circles. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cool property. Like, it's a shame. Um, it's super flashy, if... so I get that it vibes with people because, like, even if you just see a very brief clip, like, I saw this on the show floor at PAX West. I know I've said this several times, but, like, it mm-hmm. really caught my attention. And that was before I ever played the fighting game. And I was just like, bro, this looks, like, really good. What is this? Yeah. Like, the art style captures you instantly. Yeah. Just both, both stylistically and the presentation they put into making it look like it mm-hmm. does. It really pops, even though it's relatively straightforward fantasy stuff good but like carried by the art but well done i mean well done if you if you look at like the mobile game the art is really distinct it stands out yeah yeah because it's it's like that same style but it's more like hand-drawn looking it almost looks like uh like a really detailed uh paintings like all the character portraits i believe Um, those are what they use for their the key art for the characters in the in the fighting game yeah a lot Probably. It's very similar. Like when you're decorating your card and you get all like the individual art styles and stuff, most of those are, you know, very similar to what's in the game. So that's awesome. Here, let me let and me yeah. let me look this up and I'll I'll shoot it over to you, Lucas, and you can confirm that. Cool. Speaking of looking things up, I did actually look up um two seasons of the anime. First animated by A one, the second by Mappa, which is a big deal. Mappa, right so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, right on. Yeah, while while you're looking that up, um, it's worth mentioning that like, if you Royal you either either of you guys or listeners are interested in the original, it is not something that you can just play easily on your phone. But it is in English, um, and is very play as a very excellent localization. Uh, so it's very bizarre that you can't just get it on the App Store or whatever. Um, but if you go over to ShackNews.com, I have a guide on how to get it set up. Lucas here to save you. Yeah, if you if you have an Android device, uh, it's very easy. If you don't, uh, you can use something called BlueStacks, which is a very functional Android emulator. Um, and yeah, it's it's a gotcha game. It's a very old gotcha game, uh, so it's got you know caveats, but it does have really cool art, great music, and you can play like mainline story stuff. Which is pretty solid, yeah. uh, and doesn't require you, like you grinding ridiculous amounts or anything to get through. Yeah, some some of these systems are overwhelming. Uh, Esoteric, you'll take a bit, but whatever. Yeah, exactly. You, you you can most of the time you can press sort my shit for me automatically, please, and the and the game will will do what it needs to do to get you through the story. Nice. So I just Lucas, I sent I put in the platformers chat. I put like some of the art. Uh, so you can tell me if that is kind of what it looks like in the in the mobile game, or what have you. Like that's the that is the character art that comes up when you select Seahawks in the game. Oh yeah, that's definitely reminiscent of the style in the original game. But yeah, for sure. Or just just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. So if you like, if you like the way that looks, um, the original game is just that in a visual novel style with some very. Uh, Final Fantasy 3 remake style sprites in battle. Uh, it's a very specific uh, call out, but 
the artist is the same I guy. I understood so. that reference. Yeah. yeah. And one thing I just uh, I just became aware of, and at the same time, Sigilium posted about in the chat is that the 1.12 update for Grand Blue Fantasy versus Rising is out, which means 2B has been 2B from Near Automata. I the trailer has oh, been. I haven't snap. watched it yet. I'm worried, but I know the sickos the are going to be in force. Yeah. Oh, you better believe. Separately? When I saw how far her giant sword reached, I was like, "It's time. It's time. We're gonna see." Two B or not two B? No, it's definitely two B. Yeah. Uh. It's weird that we have like several different versions of two B drawn by Akihiko Yoshida for like several different games that aren't near games. <laughs> It's very ridiculous, yeah. isn't it? It's very funny. They like to make money, so they're going to keep putting 2B in different games. 2B Even though A2 is objectively bad off the yes. people on Thank there. you. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. I was I, about to say, know, even though I, I don't like... <laughs> I do not I do not like a... I, I, yeah, well, anyways. I'm not going to get Better specific and more important to than the story. 2B is anyways. fine, but A2 is better. Yeah. And, yeah. 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 But anyways... With all that said, we should probably get out of here so we could so we can play two B and all that sort of stuff. Oh, yeah, Sicilia says, uh, I think we've me, less of it. "Yeah, me clinging to Matera. Good luck. I'm hiding behind three projectile specials." It's like, yeah, that is <laughs> that you. is true. But also, I mean, come on, Matera. Like, come on. If people are talking about two B, they they clearly haven't seen Matera. Like, come on. Oh goodness. Come on. Come on. The zoner to end all zoners. But anyways. Uh, any final thoughts before we before we bounce? Two uh, B is eight dollars. Yeah, the dude, the season pass is like fifty bucks, which I bought, and it comes with all those characters. But then it also comes with like the Ramza outfit for. Uh... That's the only reason you bought it, though. Let's be real. It's, you tr- it, it <laughs> is that. true. It is true. It is Have true. you played Lucilius? Probably not. Don't care. Not I actually have not. Pl- I think maybe I played Lucilius <laughs> for like a not. second, but yeah, no. I know but what it's I, about. Know, I know. We'll I see. Think. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Oh, also, if you play Granbu Fantasy on your mobile device of choice and you play Relink and or Rising, you can get codes for both of those games that you can take into the mobile game for... Uh, cosmetics for your main character oh neat yeah they get they get a drip upgrade and relink uh that you can bring back to the original it's, it's pretty cool nice is there a third one or is there just the first one that you get like early on uh i think it's just the the one outfit change okay cool 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 i like it way better than the first one specifically yeah. like for jita it, i grand didn't look that different to me but jita looks different and i really dig it which is, you know. It's funny, Grand's whole thing is like he gets just absolutely murked by a monster right right away in the beginning before he can even be important. And then uh, Lyria brings him back to life and then they're like connected or whatever. And just, he, he just looks like a jabroni. You know what I mean? He's just like wearing <laughs> pants and like... That is a, so a third of a suit of armor. <laughs> that is so funny that you say that because the first thought I had when I saw Gran was like, if I lived, if I was in a fantasy world, that's what I would look like. like that's literally just <laughs> yeah, me. I, I'd, be, I'd be like, I'd be like, I got like, I got my baggy brown pants on with some armored boots or shin guards, 
and then I got like my hoodie on, and then I'll put like a chest plate over it. I'm good. Yeah. My little yeah. short sword that yeah looks like a. a, a and you're hanging knife. out with your friends, but you got to fight in a war later on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Amazing. Yeah, I I do need to check out this fighting game. I I enjoyed the original, and I'm upset that I can't like upgrade it. But oh well. But the good news is you can play the free version, and you have access to almost everything. Except, uh, like, you'll just have a rotating cast of characters. But that's how we get you in the door. First one's free. Got me in the door. Yeah. I forgot about the wrestling lady. She's so cool. Ladiva? Yeah. I really don't want to fight somebody who's playing her, but (laughs) I think I know. I think I actually do know somebody who's, like, super good. Oh, yeah. I fought in a Golden Weeklies against a Ladiva and got my freaking teeth kicked in. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds about right. But that was before I, I was I, playing Belial. That was back when I was alternating between Seox and Zeta before I knew who I was going to play. Yeah. But I yeah. just love hearing that a grappler that's actually like based on a wrestling style is good in a game. Yeah. It almost never happens. Yeah. It's pretty wild. Pretty wild. Anyways, let's get out of here. All right. It's been... It, this. This. I, I tell you what, this episode was not one hour. So there you go. I hope you enjoy... Cause I might be, a, I'm, I'm going to be out of town handling some, uh, handling some stuff for a little yeah, bit for the foreseeable future. I'll probably be back in the first chair from the coming weeks, but I'll yeah. try and get something up there. Streaming duties, maybe a little spotty. We will see Australian internet. It's not good enough for that, but, uh, yeah, I am at the very least taking over the editing duties for at least the time being. So, and I really appreciate you stepping up to do that. Uh, I always, uh, Love it when uh, I am absent and the show continues. So I, I uh, appreciate that. And I wish you boys a very fun time in my absence. Uh, I'll be envious of you rocking the Capcom Cup. So. Yeah. Yeah, which I'll, I'll get to shortly. You just if have you to call thoughts? in while you're there. I'm here on the show floor with, you know, <laughs> with hotel internet. Yeah. Live from the loser's bracket. Yeah. Anyway, I mean that's that's a that is a that's a stone cold fact. That's it was harsh, but it was true. And I I you know don't worry I'm about sorry, it. Sorry, Brian. I you, hey no 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 no. I deserve that, and it is true. Don't worry about it. I'm not going to Capcom Cup to compete because that would be a very short lived. Uh, it'll be a very short lived thing. Um, but uh but yeah it'd be a day trip not a vacation it would be a day trip that's very true <laughs> i'd be like all right well that was that was 10 minutes which was 10 minutes longer than i expected to survive so let's let's get out of here and get some burgers but anyway <laughs> if you guys have any thoughts or topics of discussion you want us to talk about any games you want us to cover hit us up uh you can find me uh, at ribnax on uh twitter uh, which is R-I-B-N-A-X. You can find me at Blue Sky and on Backlogged, where I log the games that I'm playing and do little micro-reviews. Um, you can find me there at Brian Barnett. Um, Brian with an I and Barnett with two Ts. Uh, and you can watch the show either live at twitch.tv slash ribnax or on VOD at youtube.com slash at ribnax. Um, and, uh, yeah, like we said, I'm going to Capcom cup. Uh, I am going to be covering Capcom cup for GameSpot. I'm going to be going there. I'm going to be interviewing the, uh, game director and the producer of street fighter six. I'm going to be talking to them. I'm going to be playing Ed early. 
Uh, and I'm going to be writing up a, uh, uh, a preview uh, about Ed that's going to go up on GameSpot. And I'm also going to be interviewing the winner right after they win the biggest fighting game pool of cash ever. Uh, it is $1 million on the line for the winner and another $1 million on, uh, you know, for the next group of people. So oh, wow. a lot of people are going to be coming out of this significantly more well off. Uh, and I'm really interested to see the rest of the competition. The LCQ has already been like beastly uh, with some upsets and some really intense matches. Um, there are some people who are like, yeah, man, this LCQ is even like going to be better than the Capcom cup itself or the finals. And I'm like, I, I, I don't know that that's true, but they have been extremely good. Uh, and also shout outs to shout outs to group F. Ugh, man. If you've seen the bracket, it is group F is brutal. Mena, please win because, uh, as a Luke player, we really, we really need you. <laughs> we need you, man. <laughs> uh, but anyways, that, that's what I'm up to. I also have, uh, an interview that I did with the CEO of limited run games talking about the Jurassic Ooh. Park classic games collection that is up on IGN right now. Um, and uh, I have another interview that I did with uh, Francine Bridge and Miles Luna uh, that is going up very soon about Slave Zero X, um, which is really, really cool. Um and I've got, yeah, I've got some other interviews that I've got that have gone up, including, uh, with the, one of the developers of Hellcard book of demons, uh, and some other stuff. So if you want to check those out, they're labeled a little weirdly. I'm going to try to a B headline them because they are, um, they are half promotions for IGN plus that let you get, if you're an IGN plus subscriber, uh, which gets, gets rid of all the ads on IGN. It also gives you access to like these monthly games. So you'll get like keys for Steam and stuff like that. So these are games that we're that we're giving away as part of that subscription service. But I have tried to grow these like feature posts where it's just like, hey, come get your key, and here's kind of what the game is and all that sort of stuff. I've been doing interviews and I've been slowly like kind of expanding these pieces to be like really in-depth interviews with people. And I'm trying to cram in as much of the interviews as they will let me get away with. Um Hopefully I one of these days thing to do. So yeah, yeah absolutely. hopefully one of these days, um, I will be able to There's actually grab the relink player. What the fuck? Yeah. Uh, ho hopefully I will be able to, to get to a point where the video team can help me by like actually publishing the full video interviews, because a lot of these discussions are so great, but, um, I'm, I'm starting to get like a rotation of questions that I will ask like, Hey, what's something about development that you wish players knew? Like, you know, mm, what's, what's, mm, what's a game that you've been playing that really captures you. And then also getting into the nitty gritty of like what it takes to develop, what it takes to coordinate. When I talk to the CEO of limited run, it's like, what are some of the challenges of building some of these collections? What are some things, you know, that inspire you to do what you do, these sorts of things. So like it, uh, and there is a lot of back and forth, you know, I talked with one person about really liking the, the chaos of playing a magic user. And just doing a bunch of nonsense that gets everybody killed, you know. Uh, there's a lot of really cool and fun stuff. So um, I really i I would love it if you guys would would check it out. Uh, I've gotten 
positive feedback from the people who have read it so far. Uh, in the comments, people typically enjoy it. I know that they're mainly like, hey, get this key, but also like I put a lot of hard work into these interviews and I, uh, I, I would love it if you guys would check them out. So good stuff. Hell yeah. Chris, what you got? Uh, by contrast, I am still not doing a hell of a lot. You can find my stuff uh, at versusthebacklog.com, vsthebacklog.com. Uh, I am here every week, uh, even going forward, uh, once I take over your first chair position, girl. Oh, no! And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, uh, you can find me on most games as Delphir, D-E-L-F-E-I-R, and hit me up. I'll be around. I'll probably be diving over the next week. So uh, if you see me on the front lines, for Liberty, for Super Earth. Indeed. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, I'm Lucas White, Hokuto Lucas on social media. Um, most of my stuff is on Shack News right now. May as well rattle some things off. Just in the past month, I have reviewed Another Code uh, Recollection. I have reviewed Grand Blue Fantasy Relink, which we just talked about. Uh, nice. I have reviewed a game called Islands of Insight that I didn't talk about, and you don't really have to read that. It's fine. Uh, Helldivers 2 and Comp 2. Uh, all of that on Shack News just in the past few weeks, and there will be more. Uh, so yeah. Nice. Support nice. the homies. Awesome. And uh, see you, Liam, in the chat. Shout out. Uh, current free rotation in Grand Blue Fantasy Rising is Gran, Jita, Catalina, and Siegfried. Okay. So, Lucas, if you're looking to jump in, you could play some of those characters. There's always four characters, and one of them's always Gran. And then they rotate the rest. But yeah, Jita and Siegfried are very powerful characters. Catalina needs it, a little bit of help, but she's still a menace. Wait, but anyways. Jita, Jita takes up a slot. <laughs> yeah, Jita and Grana are different okay. characters and moves. Yeah, they are they are different. They're different. Okay. All right. Uh, Similar core fair. fundamentals. It just can read yep. your situation, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh Jita has like a, a kind of a Rekka series. Um, of attacks and she has a chargeable fireball whereas Gran has um, uh, like a, a neutral skip uh, like a boot kick um, mm-hmm. and uh, stuff like that but yeah they both have really good DPs they both have really good projectiles they both have really good supers that do a lot of damage um, yeah I think the best I think the best player in the game plays Jita but yeah nice Ah, blank out. First time in the chat. I'm just a wandering viewer. Tell me about your podcast and what you guys made, made you want to start it. Oh my God. We're literally just signing off. But uh, I started this, I started this in 2016 because, uh, we all went to, yeah, damn. Anyways. Yeah. We, we, we've been going for like almost three hours, but anyways, no, I'll, I'll explain it. Uh, but yeah, uh, I started this, uh, these guys are newer co-hosts, but I started with the original, uh, two co-hosts back in 2016, uh, because I really wanted to, one of my favorite things in life is sharing things that I love with people I care about. And that's just kind of like my thesis statement for life. Uh, and so I love games and I really wanted to tell people about the cool stuff that I was getting into and to create more of a, a deeper dialogue beyond just, man, this shit's so sick. Like, you know, I wanted to talk more in depth about that and I wanted to get together with uh, with my friends and uh, have an excuse to kind of talk about this. 
also my wife was like, you really need to stop trying to tell me all of this stuff because I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. You should just go make a podcast. And I did. And, uh, there you go. the, the, the funny thing about it is, is that, uh, the people that I started this sh show with were all fans of an online content creation group called kind of funny. Uh, and we all loved video games very deeply. And we, you know, we met at one of those shows and, uh, and since we started the show, we have all gotten into the games industry. Um, all of us at one point have worked for IGN. Several of us have worked for GameSpot. Um, one of the original hosts now works for EA. So we started and we were all doing kind of different things. And through through the show and through the things that we have, the skills that we have gained and developed on this show, we've been able to go out and actually do stuff like that to where now I, you know, I started this show just as somebody who was working at a mortgage company and I'm going to do this in my spare room. And now I'm about to fly to Hollywood to interview the winner of Capcom cup and like play, play characters early and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, I, uh, and yes, blank out. I should tell my wife about the things I talk about in my podcast. Fun fact, Audrey has been on this show before and she still goes back and listens to the episode that she was on. That's awesome. <laughs> so I love it. Yeah. We did we actually did some spoiler casts with her where we talked about uh where we talked about um like Return of the Oberdin and then we also did uh a spoiler cast for uh, I guess it isn't really a spoiler cast. We did a full episode on Among Us with Brandon Hunt, who used to be uh, a big social media guy at IGN and is now the lead singer for a metal band called Titan Rage, uh, which is really cool. You should check out their stuff. But yeah, you are very welcome, Blank Out. Uh, I am happy to answer your question. Do not worry about keeping us from ending the stream. Uh, I always... Uh, I always love talking to people in the chat. So uh, thank you very much. Here for every week, by. similar time. Yeah. So definitely come back. Definitely come back We're we are. Uh, we start the show at around 7 PM central standard time. Um, and then, you know, I guess it would be five Pacific and uh, like eight, eight Eastern. Eastern. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, every Monday, Tuesday noon here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it goes up on podcast services typically Tuesday. Uh, but yeah, anyways, thank you so much for stopping by. And uh, from everybody here at the Platformers Podcast, we hope you have a wonderful week and stay safe out there. Because until next time, we are out. Peace. Bye.